It is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Good of you to join us here today. I'm Henrik. This is Red Ice TV. We're doing no go zone today because, of course, it is Wednesday, or if you prefer, Woden's Day, Uden's Dog. Uh, very nice to have you with us. Thank you so much for being here. We're a bit late today. Do apologize for that. I uh, had some technical issues today and just couldn't pull everything together. So hopefully everything goes smooth here today. I think I got it uh, churned out, hopefully, but uh, we'll keep an eye on it and hopefully everything is okay. Uh, that's. That's how it goes when you're working with a lot of technology. But oh well, uh, yeah, great to uh, great to have you here. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Whether you are uh, tuning in live or later on in the archives, a uh, lot to go through today. Of course, we're going to talk a bit about the uh, the debate uh, that happened yesterday between uh, using uh, Alex term here, Fuentes and uh, uh, Barnes, Rob uh, Robert Barnes, Bob Barnes, uh, regarding. Uh, well, basically, uh, Judeo-supremacy versus uh, Islamo-fascism. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. I think the callers was one of the, <laughs> one of the best things. I actually wanted to review some of the calls. I'm sure you saw it. If you didn't, uh, we, we won't like, go through you know, the debate or anything like that today. This, it, it takes too long, but uh, check it out if you want to. But uh, we'll definitely listen to some of the calls. I thought that that was kind of fun. Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, so there's a couple of ways today if you want to join in uh, through the show and that's of course through entropystream.live slash TV. great way of supporting the show as well uh, we also keep an eye on odyssey.com at TV, and you can add slash live to that if you will if you want to as well uh, otherwise it should be just uh, right there on the front page the live stream uh, and then we also have trovo.live forward slash red ice and i'm trying to keep an eye on that uh, especially if there are colorful chats or other little bigger uh you know uh, elixir and mana and all that stuff coming in try to keep an eye on that okay so uh let's just let's just dive into some of this here then uh, we have a lot to cover uh so basically amazon is uh, looking at buying mgm if the uh if the goes through if, it, if it's approved basically but uh, amazon is one of the uh of course biggest companies in the world if not the biggest company at this point i saw a tweet where someone listed how much money they make per second some of these companies i wonder if it was in I wonder if it was in this thread, actually. Maybe it was in this thread, but it was Amazon was somewhere around, I think it was 800, like 860. Here, here we go. There it is. There it is. Look at this. Revenue generated each minute, $840,000 every second. Oh, sorry, every minute, every second. That would be quite a bit. Every minute. You know, like, well, at this point, oh, well, oh, well, what's the difference, right? Apple. 692,000, Google 423,000, Microsoft, what is Microsoft making money on? Are they selling There's their, I guess, operating system still, that's it? I, I guess the computer vendors, when they make, you know, HP or IBM or Dell or some of these other, you know, you know gaming computers and stuff, I guess when they put Microsoft on there, the Windows on there, then they, they get money for that, obviously. Uh, Facebook, I mean, it's incredible. Apple, Google, Facebook, not like in the top top five here. Uh, Tesla, eighty thousand. Netflix, fifty-five thousand dollars each minute. I incredible. But anyway, so yeah, so they're looking at buying uh, MGM. Uh, Mayor, what is what does this stand for again? Chat. Mayor, uh, Gold, Goldwyn, Goldmeyer, uh, Mayor. <laughs> what is it again? This th I think it's three Jewish names basically. Goldberg and uh, you know uh, Meyer or something like that. I forget what it is. Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, I'm sure that'll be great. Uh, good, of course, uh, good stuff for <laughs> for Amazon uh, and Amazon Prime, I guess too. They will be pumping in that into the Amazon Prime services. Uh, so we'll see what happened. But it's incredible. So uh, what was it for again? Let me see here. Sorry, there was. Uh, I think that was one of the first replies to it. Let me see here. 
here we go. Amazon top 10 largest acquisitions, Whole Foods. And is this this must be in the billions. I'm not sure what they're doing million here then because it's it's it can't be 13.7 million. It's 13,700 million. So what is that? 13 billion? Anyway, MGM is number two there. Uh, if approved, that's what he's looking at. But uh, it will probably be uh, approved. So we'll see what happens. Uh, very, very uh, scary stuff. Amazon is gobbling up everything. All right. Um, why don't we talk a bit about the debate then, I guess. Uh, might as well go into some of that. Um, I think what I, I liked, actually, a couple of things I want to say. I liked that we got some of the old Paul Joseph Watson back. Um, early on in the before kind of the debate came on let's play that real quick around 14 minutes uh, where he stuff that he used to know he's uh, kind of going into again here now for some reason which is kind of interesting I mean it's almost like infowars is put it there they're forced to recognize this issue with Israel or they will be kind of left behind that's what it feels like although I do I must say this is what is this this is 10. 10 years late? Not even that, because they were on the trail early on, and then they kind of went back now, which is like, what, 10 years later? Almost 15 years later? Has Alex mentioned Kalergi yesterday? The Kalergi plan and all that? Has Have they ever played, like, Barbara Spector or anything like that? Like, they've never played that clip, as far as I know, which is just, like, dishonest, frankly, considering how much they have been covering uh, the... Uh, the uh, the migrant invasion of Europe and stuff like that. But anyway, listen to Paul Joseph Watson here whipped out some, I guess, some uh, Paul Joseph Watson 10 years ago. Good stuff. That's unfolding. So this is before the debate. I mean, my overall view, and I'm going to get onto the Islamification. I, I know we're limited for time, but you've experienced this, Alex. There's this grating, obnoxious insistence on both the left and the right that you have to vehemently support Israel or Palestine. And the one thing that pisses either side off the most, more than supporting Israel or Palestine, is not supporting either. And that's been my position for a long time. I refuse to take a side because I refuse to support either Israel or Palestine. Let's start with Israel. I'm going to get onto the Islamist thing, but with the US and Israel, as you know, Alex, it's most people have commented on this. It's a one-way street. Israel spies on the US within the US. We had a story in 2019 where Israel literally put fake cell phone towers. <clears throat> Don't squirm, Alex. The White it's okay. House, around the lawn Has to, to be spy said. on President Donald Trump. You know, the story was briefly acknowledged. It disappeared very swiftly. And Israel faced no consequences for that whatsoever. With any other country, if they did that, to America, it would be an international scandal. Why does Israel get away with it? Why, for example, did Mossad according to top Israeli former spies, hire Jeffrey Epstein to spy on and blackmail American politicians if you guys are supposedly such closer allies. And of course, we know Israel does this to many countries. Why did we see five Israelis, some of whom were linked to Mossad, Come on. dancing with glee Oops. when the planes hit the Twin Towers on 9-11? Mm -hmm. Why was that never properly that? investigated? Yeah. And then we have Conservative Inc., which is in the throes of this Israel worship, viciously attacking, we've seen this many times, even with Fuentes, who you're going to have on in the debate, viciously attacking and trying to deplatform conservatives who ask these kind of questions. It seems they're Israel first and not America first. You know, they're more concerned, the likes of Crenshaw, Ben Shapiro, people like that. They're more concerned about, for example, protecting Israel from boycotts 
than protecting the free speech of their own voters. Yeah. So those are some of the cursory reasons why I don't support Israel. I care about my country. You care about your country. I care about our alliance because I think it's beneficial to both countries. I'm not in the religious type thrall of worshipping Israel at every possible corner. Then you got the situation in the Middle East itself, Alex, where the Biden administration, just like most before it, and Trump stopped some of the aid going to Palestine at least, they're funding both sides. This idea that anyone wants stability in the Middle East, the Biden administration particularly, is complete bunk. Biden just promised hundreds of millions more dollars in arms money to Israel. We had 735 million in precision guided missile weapons to Israel. The Iron Dome itself is basically almost completely paid for by US taxpayers. <laughs> and yet when you had the US Army tried to build its own version of the Iron Dome, Israel <laughs> refused to give them the source code despite US that, taxpayers essentially having paid for its creation. So the question is, what does the US ever get back from Israel? Stability in the Middle East? I don't think no. that's the case to any Bullshit. degree. We saw with the Obama administration, years and years of funding Islamic radicals, which led to the creation of ISIS, which led to the refugee crisis, which led to terror attacks, destabilization of European countries, crime waves, sexual assaults. So that's why I don't take either side because both parties, in my view, are malevolent. And when it comes to what I'm primarily concerned about, Europe, England, my own country, it has <clears throat> malevolent effects on both sides of the equation. Good. Well, that's right, Paul. Uh, I don't want to okay. get myself on. <laughs> yeah. So, but it's good. I mean, he knew he used to knew some of, know some of this stuff, frankly. And then a little bit later, he is like kind of. They didn't really cover Israel, that they just, they just backed away. And of course, we all have our uh, theories and reasons as to why and all that kind of stuff. But at least, at least, I mean, there, there was some stuff that got out yesterday, uh, which I didn't think we would see kind of slip out, you know, if you will. Um, so that was good, right? That was actually very, very good. So I'm going to, so we're going to just kind of skip the debate because I'm sure you saw some of it. I want to go to, and I think it was the same thing with uh, Owen actually afterwards. Where are we here? We're going to go f to that and then do the callers because that was kind of funny. There was some uh, fun stuff that got out there. So 250, where are we? Are 253, something like that we'll go to. Uh, and he had a comment about this too, which was uh, generally a good comment. So I'm surprised about that. Something's happening over uh, at Infowars again, I think I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not going to say it's damage control, but frankly, the 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 ship is ship is sailing, right? And so they <laughs> they have to do th something here. You got to pick a side in in terms of like, you can't be. Uh, I mean, they've picked their side, right? They've been pro-Israel for the most part. I'm not saying everyone at Infowars, but you know, Alex and the way he runs the ship over there, it's like it's, it's pro-Israel, right? They're Zionists. Uh, but there are many of the people I think working there who's like more inclined to go with someone like Fuentes or Fuentes, as uh, John said. Uh, but anyway, let's let's see what he said. I think I'm at the right timestamp here. Let's listen to this here, uh, Owen Schroyer. Uh, and so we have all these problems in America and the left with their creeping tyranny and the censorship. And you barely hear a peep from most Republicans. You barely hear crickets. But oh my gosh, a Palestinian threw a rock over a wall in Israel and they're having press conferences and so for whatever reason, politicians, but more specifically these days, Republicans believe that there's more political value and more political leverage in standing up and raising a fuss for Israel issues and issues in Israel 
than for issues here in the United States of America. Okay, yeah, I, I went a little bit too far. Let me back up here. It's kind of a difficult player here. Let me see. Let's take it from here. Things, at least yet. So they kind of want, they're kind of trying to play both sides. But yet on the Republican side, it seems that whenever there's a big issue, Republicans always make the biggest fuss and the loudest noise and are willing to write legislation and do press conferences when Israel's in trouble or when Israel has a problem. Uh, and so we have all these problems in America and the left with their creeping tyranny and the censorship. Okay, that's bad. And you then. barely hear. I, he mentioned, he, he mentions, and maybe I'm skipping past it then, damn it. This player is kind of bad on this to find the right. But he, he basically mentions when, when someone on the Palestinian side throws a rock over the wall or a wall, <laughs> it's like outrage. I like that comment and it's good. I, I like that Owen brought that up too. Uh, but anyway, let's go to some of the callers here because I don't want to be too long winded uh, and you know put most of the time here today on this I, we have a lot of other things to cover as well but some of the callers were, were, were good and kind of funny let's uh, was happy to post that and we hope there is a lot more in hey, i see den den mother over on uh, entropy stream just saying hail hail to you thank you uh, den mother den mother good to see in you the future now we've got loaded phone lines we're going to get your reaction to the debates here tonight i just ask we get you on the line skip the pleasantries i'm having a fine night you're having a fine night it's great uh, we all love freedom. So let's just skip the pleasantries. Come on here. Tell me what you thought about the debate. You are on the line. Don't ask me if you're live. Let's knock these callers out. <laughs> yeah, let's start works. with Jacob in Pennsylvania. Go ahead, Jacob. Hey, how we doing? Oh. All right. Let's see if, uh, let's see if banned. Dot there it is. There just go. right out of the gate. You okay, can't help it. I know, Jacob. I know. I'm not going to parse words. I'm not going to parse words. So, Great debate. Uh, I have to say. Uh, Why am I getting buffering here all of a sudden? This is annoying. Let me go out here. Is this something with full I, screen? I side with both of them. I see Barnes' side of the issue. Yes, um, Islamic uh, radical fundamentalism is an issue. But the Israeli uh, Jewish, there is an Israeli Jewish problem. And I actually support the, uh, the Israeli project. I want to see the Jews there because I want to see the Jews begin to leave uh, places of, how do I say this, uh, political influence in the West, in the United States, <laughs> to come out in the open. I mean, that's pretty based. I, I, I agree with that. I think the why not the Jew is ob Jewish oblast, though, right, in Russia, right? That's pretty good. I mean, where's the, as a technicality, Kazaria, right, that's uh, close to the Black Sea, right, Russia, what's down there? Maybe even Azerbaijan parts of I'll look at a map again, but it's somewhere there, right? Kazaria or like the Jewish Oblast, right? Something like that. Why not something like that, right? Um, we know, of course, it's geopolitical reasons, it's business reasons, many other reasons why they want that spot, particularly in the Middle East, uh, kind of in this, really in the center of the world. Uh, but uh, I still think it's a good point in the sense that I'm not against. I'm not against Jewish nationalism, right? To have a country of the like, fine, of course, do that. Go ahead. Uh, the problem, of course, is is that region and what they have been able to do and how much destabilization they've caused, which, of course, have had this cascading effect intentionally, uh, I think, and that's another part of why that was chosen as well. But you know, the migrant invasion, all these people are displaced and stuff like that, endless wars, all that kind of shit, right? Even the Chinese segment that we played, and I think we played it. Did we play it in the? I think we played it in the Weekend Warrior show where he 
where China got, you know, acu accusations of being anti-Semitic because they covered, you know, e basically Jewish influence in America. You know, they're head of big tech, uh, media, banking, and these kinds of things. But then they backpedal on there and said, oh, but that's not really why, uh, you know, Israel or America is so supportive of Israel. It's America using Israel, right? So, the, the, so China kind of got that thing backwards, but they ended up deleting that episode anyway. Uh, but anyway, let's let's go back to, to the caller here because I, I, I agree with him in the sense that I think nationalism for everybody is is a better solution here, right? But the question is where where what you can't just you know anyway it would be it would be like saying all the Muslims that's coming to to uh, to Western Europe now can just just going to set up and create their own nation there and and start you know seg segment segmenting off land and this is kind of happening in a way anyway, right? We're being displaced or replaced in our own uh, lands. And they take over institutions, they take over uh, areas and regions and schools and everything. And eventually there's none, none of the local native population left in some of these areas. So that's also kind of neo-colonization. Neo but that's like saying, well, what, why are you against the two-state solution? Um, why, why don't you want to have Muslims there? Like, no, no, they ha you have your own countries. Go there kind of thing, right? But anyway, back to the caller. And, you know, go to Israel, form your government, because the difference between what Israel does and what the Arabs do is, the Arabs are out in the open, most, uh, most of what they do. The Israeli movement, the Jewish movement, is a consorted, uh, organized, very deceitful and, and covert operation. And, and they've infiltrated literally every single influential place of power in the United States and in Europe. They control the banking. They control the media. They, and I, I, I challenge every single listener of this. Just go and look at who is at the head of almost every single multinational corporation, the Federal Reserve, the banking system, the international Big. banking system. Big Bob Schwab is a Jew. Bill Gates, uh, his ancestry is Jewish, It was, but they're not practicing Jews. He's a crypto Jew. And it's not against the Jews. I have some Jewish friends. Klaus Schwab, is there any confirmation of that? I... I I just I don't think I think he's pushed to the forefront because he's German actually so he be, he's becoming a face of the you know the great reset and look at this it's another Nazi you know Blofeld type German Nazi kind of in charge right but anyway I I haven't heard that before same thing with Bill Gates I I just I I don't know but I'm very surprised that uh, this is uh, this these are the callers here uh, that uh, that they're uh, letting go it's amazing it's not a religious thing it is it'd be like this if there was a Chinese Conspiracy, and they were consort. There's a consorted effort to take over the international, you know, political system. We would call it out. There's no problem. We can say the Arabs, we, but there's this problem with the Jews. And here's the thing: people need once, once it's all going to. You, you brought up a good point, okay, about this generational difference, and I attribute that to the information war. Information is out there now, and people have to search it. And as generations go. The truth is going to come out even more, and, and it has to continue in this way. People are going to be able to begin to see more and more of the truth. I just challenge people, go and look at who is in control, and you will see, just look. It's Wikipedia, who, the name. <laughs> You'll see that there, it's every single time there is there's always a Jewish uh, person. <laughs> now, you could say, well, that's just sheer, sheer chance. That there's no, there's no way. Just well, let me just no say way. this as kind of a, a cultural <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. economic phenomenon, if you will, and it's kind of a response to your question. I'm not. I'm not really challenging you, but you notice you don't really see in America. 
No, Maccabeus Tokilana is not Jewish. Uh, we, we've showed her DNA test many times on the stream. It's on the RedEyesMembers.com. Anyway, uh, that's just trolling. Schwab, though, I, I, I've not found any proof for that. I just, uh, I, I was looking and said, yeah, Bill Gates, you, you know, could kind of argue that could be like, well, his grandmother or something like that. But, uh, but regardless, it's very interesting that this is kind of coming out in this way. Uh, on InfoWars, are they are, are are they forced to 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 go in the stream? I just I, I'm not sure why Alex, even who left the studio at this point, it was after the debate, ended up calling in and kind of like apologizing for it. It sounded like an apology, like apologizing for uh, for like letting having this discourse uh, down on the show, basically. I'm like, whoa, 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 you know, we don't hate anybody, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, sure, that's all fine, but we're talking about like influential groups and stuff like that, and and. Uh, uh, you know what's what what's a bigger problem, right? Is it Islam? You know, infiltration of every institution in in the West. Uh, we might get there. Don't get me wrong. We, you know, there is an increasing influence there, but for now, no, nowhere near, right? Uh, so anyway, let's let's keep listening here. America, many Chinese homeless or Jewish homeless. Those people tend to succeed and make money, and so you're naturally going to have influence. Again, I'm not challenging what you're saying. I'm just pointing out that phenomenon. No, I totally, I, I'm not saying any, it's not against, the Jewish have a great work ethic. They're brought up as sort of this cultural thing where, yeah, uh, uh, intellect and, you know, they're, they like the Christian uh, uh, family, very family oriented, which is great. I support that. But the, the difference is, is they, 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 they help each other out. Okay. It's a, it's a tribalistic sort of uh, mentality where their, their people are pushed in the place of the power. Uh, now, personally, I believe that, and I've studied this myself, this is my personal, that there is a Zionist, the Zionist movement, it's not all Jews, because there's, like you said, there's a, in Israel, there's more democratic, more liberal, non-religious Jews who want to see a two-state solution. But I believe there is a Jewish plot for a, a Zionist, one world government control. I and mean, we talk about the globalists, we talk about this, this idea of eugenics. The people, now the Arabs, you can say that they have their own sort of uh, superiority thing about them being Arabs, but it's really not. You have to study the Jewish Talmud, and I'm just going to read a couple things from the Jewish Talmud. Hey, Morty, on Trevor, we, show uh, that we just had, uh, had Adam on. I love to have him on, don't, don't get me wrong, but we just have, had uh, Adam on too. I was watching his stream yesterday, he did a great uh, breakdown of coverage of the stream, by the way. Most uh, basic uh, religious beliefs and the ones that are very, you know, the rabbinic sort of idea, the uh, second, second Babylonian uh, exile when that this was created. They believe that they are the superior people. They believe that everybody that's not Jewish is cattle, i.e. koi. And I'm going to read <laughs> this a couple is, of these. Is, uh, the remind you again, this is InfoWars. <laughs> Something, something's happening here. Uh, Lone Star Texan over on Entropy says, ask yourself, who is, who is it you can't criticize? It's a good question, Lone Star. The Goyim should be killed. This is in Sopharim 15. All children of Goyim are animals. Gentiles. Well, look, you can quote you can quote Islamic <laughs> scripture. You can quote Jewish oh, scripture. Oh, come on, Owen. Owen, come on. How often is there any kind of Talmud analysis on Infowars? I, I think this is a fair shot. If you criticize the the Quran, and by all means, go ahead, do it. Uh, why not the Talmud? We can right? make the same arguments, and I, I can't spend all night on your call, Jacob. We can't spend ten <laughs> minutes on every call. I appreciate your call. It was a but great. The, but to the credit, they let him speak. I, I like Owen. He, he had us on after we were banned from from uh, YouTube and stuff like that. It's uh, he, uh, I get what he's doing, but uh, I think it's a fair. The the point is, and I think Adam mentioned this yesterday too. I was watching his stream. 
uh, no more news. And he said also that what why you know well, why now we're like this this debate this topic at least not necessarily the parties involved but the topic being discussed. Why didn't this happen like ten years ago or if, at the very five years ago something right? So this is interesting. Call. I got to get to more callers now. And so you know, look, I I would say there's there you have to be rational about this. And I and another and I guess you know this is kind of a debate question too, but it didn't really get addressed too much in general. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm reading some of the chat over on Trovo here. Born again bear says America does not understand the Islam problem as Europe and UK does. That that's I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And spending time both in Sweden, which of course you know very much suffer under the open borders, especially the Islamification of the country. And yes, it was done with the help of people like uh, uh, Schwartz, uh, David Schwartz, way back when. Right, there was a discussion early on, 60s, 70s, I think it was 70s, where he initiated this, uh, basically like a demand in in the, the in the press in Sweden at that time uh, that Sweden needs to become multicultural. They need to open their doors and all that kind of stuff. And of course, there have been many activists since. Uh, many organizations, such as Expo, of course, headed up by the same team, if you will and uh, the Barbara Spectres and things like that too. Uh, but growing up in Sweden, it, it's it's very clear that unless you have an American that grows up somewhere like uh, certain parts of, let's say, Michigan or something like that, you know, Dearborn, obviously, are, are some of the hotspots for the Muslim populations in America. But they do not know, I, I, I totally get that, that, that they do not know what it is to grow up around and in um, and a hostile Arab population. Uh, and so b both are problems, but but despite the fact, I, I still must say that it's like one is is the pawn, excuse me, one is the pawn, <clears throat> and one uh, is the 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 queen, king or the queen. If we talk about a chessboard analysis, one is the one that's you know uh, controlling the, the 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 player, so to speak. The and one is one is allowing itself to be the pawn, right? If you I, again, an ideal situation would be where a lot of the Arab populations were were saying, you know what, um, who benefits from or who wants the borders to Europe to be opened? Uh, let's not be pawns in this chessboard here and just play along, but let's uh, work together, kind of thing. But that's just not happening, right? So again, you don't have you don't have as far as I. You know, you could say by proxy, maybe some of the uh, the Zionist organizations are, are guilty of this. But in, in many regards, when it comes to like the rape gang, gangs and these kinds of things we cover, that's as far as I know, unless these Arabs that are doing this are like mind controlled or something like that, uh, are very happy to uh, to come in and do these kinds of things against um, the native European population. So it's not that they are absolved of any any kind of guilt, right? It's just very different levels of... And, and, and actually, one of the callers brought that up too, I know... I, I'm not sure if it was second or third call, but um, you know, M Muslims uh, Islam is like is the broom of Judaism, right, or or Zionism, uh, or at least the kind of the prof prophetic uh, part of this, right, that the the Amalek has to be uh, uh, destroyed, replaced, if you will, and then they're kind of going to build a third temple and bring back, and they're going to you know run the world from Jerusalem and shit like that. Sort of religious, like eschatological kind of. Uh, um, you know, points here basically, and, and and so they want to kind of have that achieved. But the point is, the pawns are willing to kind of play the play ball here and just say, yeah, let's let's kind of do that. Um, anyway, let me just uh, mention a couple of uh, don donos on Trovo here, real quick. Pad pad with a burrito, <laughs> thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Um, Maternal maiden with a winner spell, thank you. Appreciate that. A uh, mana bomb from Pear, thank you. Or Pad, uh, Femme Blanche with a, a couple of spells uh, on fire spells. Uh, let me see here. 
I saw other couple of ones. Uh, let me scroll back up. Hopefully, I didn't miss those. I did see a couple. I think I saw. Uh, yeah, there's a Bravo spell from Fem Blanche and a King's Trove. Thank you, Fem Blanche. Appreciate that. Run of White Wolf with a shiny unicorn. Now we have a, a pink unicorn uh, out of Sweden. We're going to cover here soon. Uh, but thank you for that, guys. Let me just check entropy real quick. Um, here we go. Sonata for violin says, uh, I got to get more callers now. LOL. Uh, yeah, we should do a call-in show too, but uh, there was some good callers here, actually. I was, was surprised by that, and so that's that's good that they let them on, let them speak for the most part. Uh, Blas Delizo with a don't over an entropy as well, says these debate callers are very similar to the ones during the morning show. There are many uh, truth bombs dropped on the show, especially by regular callers, who's actually Jewish. Morning show, uh, you mean on Infowars or other, like other somewhere else? I would assume you uh, talking about like the Infowars show or something. Anyway, let's keep listening here. Thank you, Blas Delizo. Because... I mean, if Israel doesn't exist, there is no Jewish state. I mean, there is no other Jewish state. And, and and while Jacob says, look at all the elite, look at all the Jewish elite going for world domination. Look, I understand that, but you're talking about a global elite. You're not talking about the Jewish people. There's approximately 13 or 14 million Jews on earth, and half of them are in the U.S., half of them are in Israel, compared to, what, a billion Muslims? So Jews taking over the world uh, is just not realistic it's just i mean it's not possible if you want to talk about jewish elite globalists then fine you can point to that and you can say they run the media and here's their influence and here's all the top people that are jewish well whatever maybe they just like the free market but i would say this if the united states because this was kind of brought up in the debate here's what you would have to do if the united states remained neutral and stuff was really going to pop off in israel worse than we've seen you say they eliminate the jews or Israel just yeah just 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 shut up Maccabeus token you're going on and on about Lana being a Jew and, and she's not we showed the the DNA test we, it's it's a non-issue it doesn't matter let it go okay let it go it's not true do you get it through your thick skull it's like well, what holy shit it's just you people will just go on and on about this and it's the same I see it on Adam's uh, stream and stuff like that too Adam's starts a launching news like, oh, it's all you hear okay, all well, the fucking time it's like then let where it go. where are the people gonna go. The Jews are going to have nowhere to go. Yeah, I think we have. I think there's. Uh, I, th I think it's related to my technical issues. I think it's like uh, uh, it's slowing down a bit or something. I I'm not getting cu complete cutoffs. It's like it's slow. It's very bizarre. Very bizarre. Hopefully it clears up. Otherwise, I'll have to stop and uh, um, re restart the stream or something like that. Try to reboot. But anyway, let's let's keep going. And let's try a little bit more here. Okay, here we go. I mean, maybe Jordan. Maybe Lebanon. I mean, you know, maybe they may all end up coming here. Where are the Palestinians going to go in that situation? Well, I guess you could say they could all go to Iran. But does there deserve to be a Jewish state on the face of the earth? Because essentially what the hardcore left is saying is no. So they just, again, eliminate, eliminate the Jews is the stance that the hard left is now trying to hedge themselves against because... That's kind of the most radical stance that I, I suppose you could take. Uh, whether it's Jewish people or Christian people or any people, uh, eliminate all of them. Yeah, that's a bit radical. Let's go to Leo in Massachusetts. Uh, Let's Leo, see if this was a call. It was one call that brought up something interesting regarding, I think it was Nicholas the third, uh, the Tsar Nicholas the third, who sent like three warships, I guess, to f help America in one of the battles back in the 1800s. Was that against a. Um, what was that? Was that against? No, that was early against England. Uh, let's see if we, we get to that or not. But uh, that, that was a pretty interesting stuff you mentioned there. He was cut off too, unfortunately. Uh, 
Ro Rowan Thorson says, refreshing red ice. Thanks for what you do. Thank you. Uh, so much, sir. Appreciate that. Uh, Stone Ox as well says with a colorful, colorful chat. Uh, I have a PowerPoint presentation that helps like-minded people set up a future for themselves and network before and after dangers of falling social order. Would you be interested in looking at it? Sure. Send it to uh, redice at protomail.com. Thank you, Stone Ox. Appreciate that. Uh, I think we're good otherwise thank you for the spells over there uh a burrito did i mention that from pat thank you pat uh okay let's keep uh, let's keep going here again i don't want to cover the whole, whole hour on this uh it tends to go on a bit but a couple of calls and then we'll move on what do you think of tonight's debate hello hello Hi. go yeah um is this a Schroyer? yes go yes um, go. yeah there's a couple of things we need to get into that um, not really spoken about, but first of all, I'd like to say that social math works kind of like this. Patriots add, communists divide. It's, I can't get it any simpler than that. <laughs> now, the important thing Hello. that yeah. we're not discussing is there? the transfer no, agreement is... of 1933. Yeah, transfer agreement, was... that's right. This is a good caller, though, so I'm not going to make fun of him. But yes, yeah, so some of this, I, I, has Alex ever covered... The, the transfer agreement, has he ever, maybe here and there, or maybe one of his contributors or something like that, but it was not something here very often, so I'm glad that this came up. Right? Even a copper coin struck with the Star of David on one side and the swastika on the other side, and these Zionists <laughs> paid Hitler. Only only like 10, what, 10, 15 years late? <laughs> so I remember it was like, this was coming up back when, uh, what's his name, Black... Uh, what was the author, author's name again? Uh, Bla something black of the transfer agreement. That was like back in the what late 90s or something. I think he wrote that, right? To take Jews to Palestine. And then they said, oh, well, now you can do whatever you want. See, we don't talk about that because that is one of the issues that they keep. And quiet. that's the larger issue of, of world elites, banks, military industrial complexes playing both sides of quote unquote war. To enrich themselves. It's the 1942 Smedley Butler book, War is a Racket. Right. Hey, thanks for hosting Cultural War, Crim <laughs> Culture War Criminal. Appreciate that. Uh, good to see you guys. Thank you for doing that. There's more important things, too. There's the, the DONME, D-O-N-M-E-H, our group of certain group of Jews that work with Islamics. And then there's also the Sabbatean Frankists. And they're another bunch <laughs> where Sabbatai Sebi converted... To Islam, and they have created their own little game, and we're being played. And I think the thing is this: we got to see who the players are. But I am more important. I'm more struck by the giant pieces of history that are left out. Yeah. I.e., in, in 1863, Tsar Nicholas Alexander II the second sent the two or three battleships over to help Lincoln. One to New York and went to San Francisco, and I think went to San Diego. This is erased from history because the Rothschilds... Sure, and I think, again, that's the larger issue that, that the and reason... cuts him off there. Like, that, that's actually really... I'd, I'd love to hear some more. I've never heard that, actually, which is remarkable, right? Uh, very interesting stuff, but I think he cuts him off there and, and just moves on from there. Why? I think the younger generation is more of, not necessarily isolationist, I don't like using that phrase, but more, hey, look, the world is getting so complex... And we realize that we're getting screwed in America. Let's kind of just pull back and gather ourselves here and just reevaluate our foreign policy and all of this foreign aid and everything. 
Uh, Leo, thank you so much for the call. Let's go to Eric. <laughs> Hello? Hello? Am I on the air? Anyway, actually, good caller. Interesting. It's too bad. Uh, okay, we'll do one more. One more, one more caller. I think this one was a good one, too. Uh, and then we'll move on. But, uh, yeah, quite a bit of... Uh, Quite a bit of truth bombs drop on uh, dropped on Infowars through the callers. I mean, the debate was good too. Of course, uh, uh, Nick brought a lot of good points as well. Um, just a simple thing like raising. I mean, they're very Christian, right? At, at Infowars, just talking about the Talmud and what they say about Jesus, right? Just as an example, right? Or or how Christians are treated in uh, you know Jerusalem and shit like that, right? In New York, Eric, what are your thoughts on tonight's debate? Eric, going once, twice. Hello? Yes, go ahead. And of course, Dave uh, Dave called in as well. Dave Riley called in. He was like the fourth or fifth caller, I think, something like that. Hey, Adam, good to see you. I see you in chat on uh, Trovo. Um, yeah, Adam Adam's asking, anyone seen when I debated Schroyer? Yeah, that, I mean, that went around quite a bit, I think. That was a great debate, too. You did uh, great on that. Uh, should be up on your bit shoot, I think. Still, uh, so people definitely should check that out. But I think, yeah, I think Troy has been very good. I mean, he had you, uh, he had Adam on, uh, he had me a lot on, which was very kind. After we were, you know, booted off of YouTube and stuff like that. So, I, I mean, they, they are, although they, you know, maybe cut people off and are more biased towards one side. I mean, it, something has changed a little bit here, which is very interesting. I think it's, it's, and it's important. I mean, they have a large audience. And a lot of people need to hear that kind of stuff. And maybe, maybe hopefully some uh, some minds were blown yesterday. We never know, right? But uh, anyway, let's. Uh, this is the last call we'll listen to. And then we move on with a lot of other topics here. All right. Uh, am I on? Yes. Yes. Go. All right. So, uh, very good debate. I would like to say, though, um, I can speak on behalf of all Catholic supporters of Alex Jones that I do not particularly appreciate these kind of nasty and just frankly very insulting comments about the vatican and our pope uh well let me just tell you uh the i'm not sure vatican what he is politically has... but he the pope is no friend of yours sir if you're uh if you're let's say a nationalist or even america first or something like that look at him holy shit i mean he's like uh kissing the feet of migrants and like we have to <laughs> it's a commie pope i mean there's no other way of saying it subversive one at that uh, both on the Islamic side, but also Adam showed some screenshots. I've seen them before, too. Uh, how, how they're making the Vatican more, uh, you know, Semitic-friendly, basically, right? Things like that. Um, totally sold out to, to the Christians, right? It's been hiding human history for, for decades, for centuries, and the Pope is now openly communist for open borders, for the destruction it's of true. Western yeah. civilization. So, uh, yeah, we definitely would stand against that. I was born and raised Catholic as well, was confirmed. And I did not take offense to any of the statements made. Okay, well, um, yeah, that was just an introduction. I think he makes some good points after this. Though. And I do have a question, if you would allow me. Okay. All right, yeah, my question is, um, if Israel is so pro-Christian, why did the Christian demographics of Bethlehem change from around 80% Christian to 12% between 1948 and the present year? Well, I'm not sure. I'm not making the argument that Israel is pro-Christian. All right. All right. So uh, maybe uh, you should have asked. I mean, I, I know mean, they yeah. did another take. I, and I don't, don't know if that's true, but the, where, where they were forced, I guess, or voluntarily converted to Islam to like to stay alive, basically, or to be tolerated in the area or something. I, I don't even know if that's true or not. I would assume that many of them uh, just left or fled went to different areas, but I could be wrong on that. Maybe they stayed and converted. I'm not sure. 
calls. Maybe you were asking that question for somebody that was on earlier, uh, but but I, I, I'm not making that argument here. Thank you for the call, Eric. Let's go to Tom in Washington. Tom, what did you think of tonight's debate? Okay, one more. Last one. This is ground control to Tom in Washington. Are you still on the phone? I'm here. All or right, did go. you die from COVID? Good evening. Hello. Yes. I thought it was a great debate. I think Nick said, I said more with the America First uh, policy, but I think what kind of got caught up in the debate was the discussion of the Christian support for Israel. It got kind of sidetracked. Well, I think the term Judeo-Christian didn't actually appear till the 40s and kind of skyrocketed in the 90s. That's and right. Israel yeah. actually, Tel Bullshit. Aviv is known as the homosexual capital of the uh, <laughs> Middle East, and the abortion laws are kind of lax there. <clears throat> so I kind of wish that debate... Does the left go. know that? But that's Tel Aviv. It's very different to in uh, Jerusalem, right? It's like almost they've intentionally kind of uh, segregated it, right, among the Orthodox Jews versus some of the more liberal, uh, you know, gay-friendly in Tel Aviv. And it feels like that's just kind of for show as well, to show like the liberal West, like, look, we do it too, or we're super tolerant, look at us. We're not like those Islamic countries, uh, you know, throwing gays off buildings, right? This, somebody should inform them of this. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one. No, I'm serious, because Muslims, they're, you know, they're not open. They don't like gay people, you know. So it's this weird thing where it's like, yeah, you think intellectually they're more with the open-minded, let's abort babies, let's be gay going on in Tel Aviv. But, uh, you know, they, they, <laughs> they miss the reality of the situation as usual. And the last thing I kind of want to I guess mention, that's why so many uh, neocons and, and Christians uh, support Israel for, uh, for, for their gay-friendly laws, right? <laughs> an interesting fact. What are the three most spoken languages in Israel? Hebrew, obviously. English and Russian. So when there, there were a lot of uh, Zionist purges in the Soviet bloc happening in the 60s, and they were, all went to to Israel. So there was a lot of Russian apparatchiks there. And I think that's why some of the left... Apparatchik, heard that term in a while. Great, that's a great term. Apparatchik. Ideologies in Israel <clears throat> come from and are rooted there. And that's all I really wanted to say about great debate. And I think America first. Was. Yeah, I see on Odyssey too, a couple of people, uh, Poe po White talks about the Visigoth kingdom in Spain, absolutely right. Uh, many of the city gates were open, of course, at that time uh, by the Jewish population there, so around 700 or so AD. Uh, to, we've talked about it many times, but it would have been good if it were brought up here too. Uh, the much of the same thing that's happening in Europe now kind of happened already to the Visigothic people. And of course, that kind of eventually turned into Spain. And then uh, took them about 700 years to get the country back. Uh, they did it, though. But remember, now also the Spani Spaniards are like apologizing for what they did in 1492. And they were granting citizenship to every Muslim and Jew that wants it and stuff like that. Right? They're groveling and saying that they did something did something wrong for t reclaiming their territory and their area. It's, it's, uh, it's sickening, right? It was, uh, was a winning argument. I agree. I agree. I think, I think everybody would agree with that at the end of the day. Um, you know, I will say, I think, because to me, I'm I'm never going to be convinced that there's some two-way relationship between America and Israel that is that is fair. It was one of the callers here, and we'll have to get to maybe the next time or something then, but uh, I forget where it was in the flow. There's still a lot, lot of time left there, and we don't have time. We've got to go into some of those other stuff here. But someone mentioned, maybe uh, if Adam is still in the chat, Do Doha, 
uh, Judaism or something like that was the term was used where they were talking about how they either had converted or used uh, that faction, right? What was that term again? Does anybody have that Doa, Doa Muslims or Doa Judaism or something like that? That I could get that completely wrong. Something with a D. Yeah, Dawa. Is that it? D A W A. Some people said Donme, Dawa. Okay, yeah, something like that. I'm not sure what it is. I have to look it up and Google it later and try to find some more of that. That was a new thing to me. So it's great that they do take these callers because many times there's more stuff that comes out because the callers know kind of what's missing, right, and things like that. So at least they, uh, they did that. But yeah, so overall, good stuff um, regarding a... Uh, yeah, Donme is a sinus in Ottoman. Okay, Donme. Uh, Maccabeus token says Donme. Okay, D O N M E H. Okay, I gotta look that up. Thank you for that, sir. Appreciate that. Donme uh, is this Zionist in Ot the Ottoman Empire. Interesting. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's do this. Let's move on from this. Let me just check entropy real quick, so we're not uh, left behind there. I'm not getting the notifications uh, on the screen for some reason, so that's why I don't see that right right away. Blas Delizo. Uh, says American Journal hosted by Harrison Smith is the morning uh, morning show on Infowars. That's right. Okay, that's what you mean when we talk about the morning shows there. Yeah, I've 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 seen it a little bit now and then here and there. Um, okay, but that's good. Good uh, good callers apparently according to Blas Delizo uh, at least during that show. Um, yeah, Harrison Smith is good too. He debated uh, Adam I think on uh, Killstream. He's he's good. I like him. He's he's uh, uh, he's out there. You know. Talking at least, you know, uh, not shutting people down. Um, Michael, uh, 57DE over on Entropy as well. Hail Henrik and your lovely Russian bride, Lana. Hail the gods. We must secure the existence of our people and a future for white children. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate that. It was good to see you. Thank you for the uh, support over on Entropy. Appreciate that. Uh, okay, so, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. One more thing here then after the... Uh, Zion, uh, the Judeo-supremacist uh, versus the Islamo-fascist uh, debate, uh, where Barnes, uh, Robert Barnes, ended up blocking uh, Nicholas uh, Fuentes. Right, that's I'm using uh, Alex Jones' uh, pronunciation here right now. Um, so I guess it was a lot of people, uh, you know, kind of, I don't know, trolling him. They were kind of, kind of going after him a little bit, and uh, he didn't like that. Uh, but uh, no, I think Nick did a great job. Uh, I think there's a clear win. Uh, he's standing on the side that has the winning argument, uh, and that's ultimately why, you know, the polls and stuff like that that were done, uh, they, they they favored um, that the big problem is Israel, uh, Zionism, the Israeli lobby, as opposed to the Islamic, uh, the Islamo-fascists, right, uh, that Barnes brought up about 300 times yesterday. Um, okay, Scott McLean sends a link after check. Yeah, Donme, there we go. D O N M E, Britannica. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. I know sometimes it's as easy as you search, but uh, when you're when you're uh, doing the stream, sometimes it's hard to do it uh, while you're doing it right there. Let me just uh, check that real quick. Donme, uh, I'll definitely have to look that up. Check that up. Okay, uh, let me see here. So this happened too regarding, I guess while we're on the Israeli topic right here too. Um, a landmark motion is being debated in Dial-Aran, and I'm butchering that, that's uh, uh, old, old Irish there, right? Um, uh, old Irish, right? Um, now to, which is the, the parliament there, I, I assume, right? Uh, so they're discussing labeling Israel's illegal settlements and land grab as de facto annexation of Palestinian land. I believe all parties will support this motion. Uh, this is historic. And then a follow-up tweet from today, I believe, so the day after. The motion on annexation in Palestine has passed. All parties supported. I'm of the moon. Ireland is the first country in the world to, is, to label Israel's illegal settlements and land grab 
as de facto annexation of Palestinian land. Thank you. So you tell me no one has done that before, which is which is kind of weird if you ask me. I'm surprised. I'm surprised even a country like Sweden hasn't done this, considering how you know very pro uh, you know pro Palestine and anti-Israel they are. This is very actually very surprising, right? Um, that they just can kind of call it out for for what it is, right? Uh, but okay, so that's interesting. That's a, uh, I guess, a win, uh, you know, in terms of uh, what's happening right now in the Middle East as well. Uh, so that's good stuff. But again, keep in mind, a lot of the debate, and uh, we mentioned this before, but a lot of the rhetoric on the far left side here and is that they're basically against Israel because it's like a white supremacist uh, nation. It's like a right wing, you know, and, it, and it's not. I mean, we, we showed the tweets from like, uh, was it B, uh, BDA, BDS and uh, even BLM and stuff like that. There's not a mention of Zionism, that that's the problem, or even that this is like a Jewish, it's for Jewish people, Jewish interests, they're mass labeling this as some kind of white supremacy uh, colonization of Palestinians or something like that, which is just, you know, awful rhetoric. So the other side is uh, not at all very, uh, very sincere or, you know, they're, they're seeking to associate what happens in Israel to like nationalistic movements in Europe and stuff like that, which is completely contradictory. I mean, it's like, it's quite the opposite. I think it's, we're more in the sense on the Palestinian side here, we're the ones being occupied in, in European and Western nations, right? Uh, okay, let's go over to Sweden real quick here. Multicultural Malmö, which is of course the, as we say, the third city in uh, the third largest city in Sweden, uh, is spending about $108,000 on a 20-foot-high pink unicorn. Uh, that's right. In the uh, Muslim-dense area, they have decided to... While this is, you could argue, some uh, place like a suburb, like Rosengård in, in Malmö, of course, is where they really should have put it if they want to antagonize uh, the Muslim population. This is more in the central part of Malmö, where you have a little bit more little bit more Swedes there. But, but regardless, uh, this, of course, is a very... Uh, very, very Islamified uh, city, uh, Malmö. So this is what they're spending time, uh, money on and efforts. And this is, of course, being done to uh, now during the Pride, upcoming Pride event in August. In, uh, what, what is that? That's like, is it worldwide now? They used to have it just in, what, one city or something? Then they started having it at one city in each country. And now I think they have it in like multiple, like worldwide, like all over at the same time. I could be wrong on that. I'm, I'm not really... Uh, don't only really study these pride events, but look at this shit. A pink gay unicorn is uh, erected in Malmö. Um, the 20-foot high and 33-foot wide pink unicorn sculpture was unveiled in the public square in the heart of the city and is said to be a collaboration between Malmö's local government and Malmö's pride organization. Local Social Democratic official Andreas Schönström, chairman of the technical board of the city of Malmö, commented on the new sculpture in a press release saying following, The unicorn becomes a spreader of joy in the city, both among children and adults, even in its colorful shimmer. It also carries a serious message when it, uh, when it reminds us playfully of the equal value of all people. It will also be exciting to see what names the children give the unicorn when images of it are disseminated in different context, contexts, uh, he said. So uh, stunning uh, and brave, of course, uh, over in Malmö. Always good to see uh, that they're putting the money where it's worth, right? So it's almost like, is, it, is this to antagonize the Muslim population? I, I don't know. Uh, is it? Uh, do they even think uh, what the, uh, about what they're doing here uh, with these kinds of things? 
uh, remains a mystery to me. Uh, I'm not quite sure. But uh, anyway, here's also, uh, while we're on it, a public service announcement from Dennis uh, Prager. Uh, enjoy. This is no, normal is not defined by your sexual orientation. Yeah, that's what normal. I don't. I'm not saying heter- heterosexual is more normal. By the way, I actually believe bisexual is the norm. Hmm. There you go. Thank you, <clears throat> Dennis Prager, uh, for clarifying that to us. That uh, bisexuality is is the norm. Okay, uh, that was news to me. Okay, let's go over to uh, George Floyd. Uh, the anniversary happened yesterday. Uh, lots of BLM protests and stuff like that too. And of course, in Minneapolis, where they have this new zone set up, where you can be baptized, and it's you know it's a cult, it's a religion, it's a psychopathic uh, you, you know. But people with mental disorders are attracted to this as a new kind of religion, basically. But in that very same place in Minneapolis, uh, there were a couple of news reporters on location when they were being uh, shot at. All of a sudden, check this out here police reform uh, to be uh, to just got to be careful here with some gunshots excuse us, excuse us. <laughs> it sounds like gunshots i'll let you know what this is these okay, seem to be gunshots it's gunshots buddy Shit, where is that? <laughs> we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. Uh, we're, we're just gonna go. <laughs> Gunshots of peace, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what can you say? There was another, I think this was caught from another angle too, by another uh, news report. I think this was live. Let's check this out. Residents in Minnesota and Minneapolis to observe nine minutes and 29 seconds of silence uh, representing the nine minutes and 29 seconds that Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck. But... Hold on. We're going to check in with Alex in a bit. It sounds like there may be some trouble there in Minneapolis. We're going to check in with them. Yeah. Can you imagine if there was like a, some kind of site where <clears throat> like a white person that died or something like that, and a lot of, uh, you know, white uh, advocates were going to this place and it was like people shooting and so Can you imagine the news reports and the, the coverage of like the insanity of of, of, of that, right? That's a, that's funny though, that just when they cut to those signs, you hear the gunshots, like we, like, we are your, we are the future like this is your this is your future right here look <laughs> this is great timing here seconds of silence uh, representing the 9 minutes and 29 seconds that Derek Chauvin knelt on George Floyd's neck but... hold on <laughs> it's, uh, it's just you know it's just uh, <clears throat> it's just peaceful uh, peaceful gunfire don't worry about it uh, okay we had more over in uh, Portland, of course, uh, more attempts there to uh, burn down various federal buildings and stuff like that. Again, on the anniversary uh, of the uh, uh, death of uh, St. George Floyd. I thought we could just uh, look at some of the videos coming out about this here. Uh, they'll keep us busy. Portland. OK, 
Okay, keep uh, keep watching some of Andy knows comments here or videos. Okay, short but sweet. There's some clips. We'll just uh, go through some of them. Yeah, this is uh, City Hall here, but uh, you know, no, no insurrection here, no vandalism. That's fine, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised Ted Wheeler's been getting a lot of shit, actually. Uh, okay, guess we can read some of this. Portland police individuals in the crowd are throwing frozen water bottles and eggs at officers. They're also throwing metal spikes in the road. The crowd has marched to City Hall and is breaking out, breaking out the windows. Uh, goes on from there. I guess here's uh, some confrontation here between police. Uh, Portland police retreats from the violent riots. Uh, one of the Antifa hurls a trash bin towards them, former congressional candidate and Antifa member. What's, uh, what's her name? Cyber for, for Ord One in wheelchair. Brought her dog to the riot again. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I've seen that person. A uh, number of videos, actually. All right. So, uh, you know, trash bins of peace. No problem. This is uh, all, all of this is totally fine. Okay, a couple more. Yeah, that's right. The chat and trouble saying, "Land back." Was that <laughs> was uh, the Black Hammer group, right? And so they didn't end up getting it. We we covered that in the Weekend Warrior show. Check that out if you if you missed it. By the way, it was kind of funny. Um, the the was it the San? Uh, I forget where. Some Sam something in Colorado. The police uh, sheriff's department there ended uh, dr ended up driving the Black Hammer group of those individuals off their intended land. They had said that they purchased it. They raised something like 65000 on GoFundMe. And apparently no land was ever purchased. And so they were driven off the land by uh, by sheriffs. Uh, this is how much they, uh, they they just lie. I don't know. I would assume it was a grift or something. I'm not sure. Or did they just fail? I'm not sure. But uh, no land for... Uh, yeah, they were squatting, basically. Exactly. Uh, they were squatting. They were just uh, claiming it as theirs. They liberated this land, right? But uh, no more uh, hammer, Black Hammer City. At least not in uh, that part of Colorado. There's some aftermath here. More Starbucks windows, I assume, right? Always Starbucks. Capitalists, yeah, well, they're they're on your side. Even the bank, the bankers are on your side. Okay, anyway, so there you go. A little bit, uh, just a quick update there from uh, from Portland. Here's over to the UK, staying kind of on the on the BLM issue for a little bit. Uh, we've had uh, some uh, other scenarios here. It's not going too well for for at least some of the uh, BLM activists. Here is uh, a lady called Sasha Johnson. We've played some clips with uh, her before where she basically calls for like the overthrow of uh, the UK and it's a white supremacist nation and uh, all the cops in the UK are, are um, uh, KKK uh, members and things like that, right? Famous clip was going, a while, uh, going around a while ago. Well, so anyway, she uh, was shot in the head uh, and initially, when the first stories came out, we didn't really, we didn't really see anything. We didn't see, well, who did this? What's going on? We obviously would have immediately seen if this was a white person. Can you imagine if it was a white guy that had shot a BLM activist in England, in uh, South London, in the head, 
there would have been manhunts. Not, I mean, there's manhunts now, but you know what I mean? Like it would have been like by the media manhunt, so to speak. Who was this? What's happening? We have to. How do we? Uh, white supremacy is the biggest issue in our country. This is unacceptable, and all that kind of stuff. And sure, there's been some coverage of this. I'm not trying to deny that they didn't cover it, but there's been nothing, of course, about the violence internally in in, in the black community. Um, and how how much these people just don't give a shit about BLM or anything like that. Black Lives Matter. And they end up uh, shooting and killing each other far more than any white person are doing. But anyway, so this is kind of one of those perfect uh, kind of examples of, of this, really. That uh, the, the, the problem they're facing is not white supremacy. It's, uh, it's internally among themselves, right? But anyway, so right now, uh, the police is hunting for four young black men um, who went to this uh, party. At, uh, I think it was at 3 a.m. in, in southern uh, London, uh, Sasha, Sasha Johnson's political party are rejecting the idea that the Black Panther of Oxford, um, the idea Black, Black Panther of Oxford was caught in crossfire. Police gang says four men ran into a garden and shot into a crowd of partygoers before fleeing the scene. Mother of two is fighting for her life following the attack in Peckham, southeast London, uh, at 3 a.m. on Sunday. Scotland Yard is insisting there is noth- uh, nothing to suggest the 27-year-old was the target of the shooting. Okay, Home office blast, very irresponsible. Diane Abbott, well, she's a, she's a moron, right? So anyway, here's uh, some of the location where the party was here. She has two kids, I wonder what the age of them is, but what is she doing partying at 3 a.m.? I'm serious, who's taking care of her kids? Fucking irresponsible. Uh, big surprise. But here she is. Let's uh, listen to what the cops said here. Here we go. This was a shocking incident that has left a young woman with very serious injuries. Our thoughts are with the family of Sasha Johnson, who are being supported by specially trained officers. A dedicated team of officers and detectives are looking to find out who is responsible for this incident. They're making good progress, but we need the public to help us. From our inquiry so far, we've established that Sasha had been a party at a house in Consort Road in Peckham early on Sunday morning. At around 3am a group of young black men dressed in dark clothing entered the garden of the property and discharged a firearm. They'd left the scene before officers arrived. We are aware of Sasha's involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement in the UK and understand the concern that this will cause some communities. However, I wish to stress that at this time there is nothing to suggest that Sasha was a victim of a targeted attack. We're also not aware of any reports of threats made against her prior to this incident. I want to take this opportunity to reassure you that we're doing everything we possibly can to identify those responsible and to bring them to justice. Tackling violent crime is one of the Met's main priorities and we want to keep people in London safe. Yeah, Members not, of the public are, have got an, an important role to play. I guess they, they find weapons somewhere, but uh, I mean, we've had what knife uh, knife crime out of control uh, in the UK for a long time now. Let's see here. There's some vigil here. Let's, let's check this out. It should be good. Yeah, they have the uh, rhythm in their blood, right? De har rytmen i blodet. Yeah, it's a big, uh, it's a white male problem here, so you clearly can see. 
Uh, big issue. That's the big issue in London when it comes to uh, to those kinds of things. Here's the let me see. Here's the Breitbart piece real quick here <clears throat> regarding the one of the first kind of uh, videos that went viral with her. I guess this is this is her right here um, regarding what she said regarding the UK, how racist they are, and especially then targeting the police. And it's kind of funny. Because now you have what you have this type of this is the representative, I guess, then of the of the UK police. If we go back up here for a second, right? Uh, this this the face of the UK police. Well, the UK police, but London, right? That part of London. Uh, but so do they? She now they are going to work with the police to find these men, or what, what's going to happen now? Here, here's the uh, here's a clip here. Racism thrives on capitalism. <laughs> The back of racism is capitalism. And they say about education, we need a black militia. I ain't scared of no oh, yeah, terrorist group. The police is no different from the KKK. They stand around and protect statues and buildings instead of people. They need to join the local council and start a litter pick too. <clears throat> why does she have a... Why, why, why is it always like this? Why does she have an African like continent <clears throat> like around her neck? What is what what is that? Why 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 does that always happen, right? Like if you if you love Africa, you can you you still has she ever set her foot in Africa? If you love Africa, what the what the hell are you doing in the UK? Go to Africa then. When I say they have a pepper spray, we have our own too. They have smokes, we have it too. Come together, put your fist in the air. Black power! Don't ever be scared to say it doesn't mean that you hate another race and anybody that said that you hate them, they too have hidden racism because they're scared of your blackness. Black is beautiful. Black is evident. And when I say free Palestine, <laughs> do you know a guy called Cecil Rhodes? He created the Glenn Gray law in South Africa. What is happening in Palestine and in Yemen is the Glenn Gray law being read. No, you cannot compare those two. That's just retarded. Actually, what's happening in European countries is more comparable. Right, we're being colonized in the same way Palestinians are being colonized, but uh, you know, that takes nuance. That takes that, that that takes stepping out of your own ethnic interest to understand those kinds of things. Created, just like the SUS law, the stop and search, prevent policies. Philippus says, "Did you know she has a white foster mother?" Is that? I wouldn't doubt that. It's it's kind of like the um, what's uh, the basket? Was it the basketball? Or even uh, news? The news car driver? Uh, what's his name? Uh, I gotta forgetting all these names. They're like huge news stories in the past. Uh, I almost said Klippenstein. What's his name? The Kaepernick, right? Kaepernick. He's growing up in a white family. There's all these other ones, right? It's like a yeah, Kaepernick and uh, the other uh, the news car drivers. I almost said Smollett, but that's the other one. Um, they they grow up in that kind of situation, and then they just hate on white society right that it's it's a classic so i wouldn't be surprised i don't know that about this one but uh we wouldn't be surprised a racist policy baba that's right baba's uh baba wallace thank you uh big pete that's right baba wallace same thing there right is a what, what a white dad i think right a, da a white dad british value does not exist because it took its values from all around the world don't be scared to say free Palestine. Don't be afraid to say free West Papua. Don't be afraid to say free Yemen. You're not anti-Semitic. Don't let no Jewish man create a way to be unheard, to make you unheard. Silence is violence. If we keep silent, we are also a part of that oppression. I refuse to let nobody put a gag on me. That's why I don't connect to no political party. 
We as, need far, as far as I know, no one is putting a gag on you. That's why you're on the streets talking. That's why people are uh, praising you and having vigils after you were uh, assaulted by your own race, by the way. Not the cops, not white men, uh, not colonialists. Well, uh, <laughs> I guess they are in some some regard when you talk about the UK, but you know what I mean. Um, all right, so good, good stuff. We should form a militia. We have weapons, no problems. Anyway, there it is. That's the context of uh, that woman. So uh, big, big, sad, great uh, irony shot in the head by her own people after being very vocal and speaking out against uh, you know, the, the problem, basically, of UK society and how racist they are. Uh, meanwhile, if we go over to uh, the another BLM issue here, the uh, embassy buildings all over the US uh, are now putting up Black Lives Matter flags. This is a huge one. Uh, I'm not sure where this one is. Some of these are taken in like Bosnia, Herzegovina was one of them. Let me see if we can get this to move forward here. Uh, this is probably maybe South American uh, embassy or something like that. Uh, and this was on the anniversary, by the way, on of George Floyd, uh, George Floyd's death, uh, that they decided to do this. Let's see if we can go to the next one. Yeah, here we go. This is the embassy in Bosnia and Herzegovina. Uh, they're hanging a huge BLM flag on the outside. Unbelievable, right? Uh, and here's another one. Uh, not sure what that's from. Consulate Thieves. Is this down below? Uh, anyway. So yeah, the, uh, that's right. Embassies, consulates, I, I guess as well, is where they're hanging these uh, flags. Absolutely amazing. Here's uh, AJ+. Oh, I had uh, now this in the uh, in the lower third there. That's wrong. I just assumed it was uh, now this because they usually cover cover this kind of stuff. Check out this. This is, uh, this is hilarious, right? Uh, where are we here? There we are. Uh, black Americans in cities are exposed to two times more heat in summer than white people, largely due to urban planning and historic segregation, says a study. The urban heat island effect tied to heat trapping concrete and lack of green spaces was seen in 97% of cities studied. That's right. So if you have a black person feeling a little bit hot normally than normal, you know it's because of racism. Uh, you know it's because of white people. Uh, because whites, of course, didn't used to live where they live. They didn't used to occupy these territories or anything like that. So that's right. It's up to us to fix uh, the heat problem. And I would assume bring in uh, maybe water or cooling or something like that, uh, which ironically they show in the picture here. Uh, white Wildfire over on Entropy. Thank you, sir. Good to see you. He says, uh, in your spare time, be sure to enjoy my latest musical composition. The Ballad of Fentanyl Floyd. Nice. I didn't know you were up to that. I gotta, I gotta check that out. Is it something we can play, or is it, uh, is it too, uh, is it too, uh, too based? Maybe. Uh, I definitely want to check that out. Thank you, Wise, for sending the, uh, the. It's short but sweet. Uh, let's see if I can play it on the side here, and maybe we can, uh, we can uh, play it later. But thank you. Uh, always good to see you, Wise. Hope you're doing well. Okay. So uh, let's move on here. Uh, this happened as well. Initially, we thought that there was a. Latin, uh, Latin America, South American uh, individual, maybe Mexican, uh, but it turns out it's a white guy. So we switch. I think we're going to switch very quickly here from let's blame the guns to let's blame the uh, man that was holding the guns. Uh, if it was a Hispanic dude or let's say a black dude or something like that, you wouldn't really see much about how he was like the 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 race of the problem, the the, the race of the man's uh, that that is the problem. Uh, but that's the gun that's a problem, right? So anyway, we'll see how this um, parses out here. But anyway, backstory first, maybe. Uh, there was a, 
uh, mass shooting at a San Jose rail yard. And apparently you have nine people dead as of so far. And now the gunman has been identified as Samuel Cassidy. A white guy, a gunman, carried out a mass shooting at San Jose Rail Yard on Wednesday. Nine people were killed, including the shooter who took his own life. The suspected gunman has been identified as 57-year-old Samuel Cassidy, who was an employee at the Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority. Cassidy set fire to his own home before the shooting. No one was inside of the house. 911 dispatch received a call for shootings around 6.30 a.m. local time. The addresses for the crime scene is blah, 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 downtown San Jose. Let's check out some of the clips. Uh, from this here. Right now with numbers, I can confirm with you at this point that there are eight victims that are pronounced deceased at this point. And there is one suspect that is pronounced deceased. This is still ongoing, like I said. The numbers can change. Okay? So this is still a fluid and active ongoing investigation. We have all the resources out here from city, county, and federal agencies out here, including the FBI and the DA and Homeland Security out here to assist with this investigation. So again, we have a lot of resources out here. Ourselves, we're trying to figure out what exactly happened, what's going on. All right, so it's not clear. Here's, uh, it's kind of too long here, seven minutes. Let's just check a little bit on this. Uh, clip in the moment. Good day, everyone. We're following breaking news about that mass shooting at a rail yard in downtown San Jose, California. We now know that at least seven people have died there. The shooting happened early this morning at the Valley Transportation Authority, which provides transit services throughout the Bay Area. We've also confirmed the suspected shooter is among the dead. Officials are updating right now. Let's take a listen in. Information that will be released by the Santa Clara County Coroner's Office at this point. Okay, we're back with this, this guy. It's still an active and ongoing investigation. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what, uh, as more comes in here. Let me refresh. Maybe there's an update here. Uh, anything? Let me see. No, that's still it from breaking 911. So we'll keep an eye on it. But uh, again, uh, I brought it up too because I thought it would take the, the shoot, like, you know, the, 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 it's, the guns is the problem. We have to take the guns kind of thing. Uh, and I'm sure it will to some regard, but I'm sure there will be some kind of examination of the background of this guy, and they're going to probably bl blame, uh, if not white supremacy, at least white people in general, white men, uh, you know, are the problem. But coincidentally, speaking of another guy who wants to grab the guns and who is uh, very actively uh, engaged in doing so, uh, literally as we speak, we have uh, this guy, David Waco Chipman, that uh, they're having a, a Senate Judiciary Committee hearing on uh, regarding his confirmation uh, today to become the director of the uh, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms uh, Division uh, of the U.S. government. Shipman has spent his career working against the Second Amendment. Here's a recap of his record. It was a good uh, kind of breakdown here, a thread on Twitter. But his big you know, claim to fame. And I saw that they were doing fact checks on this now. They're, they're trying to claim that it's not true, that he was, and he was not at Waco or he had nothing to do with it or something like that. Um, which I think is just wrong. But anyway, uh, Chipman spent 25 years in foreign gun control for the ATF. He is most notoriously known for his involvement with a 50-day uh, siege at Waco. God, I didn't know it was 50 days. Is it that long? That's crazy. Um, 76, 76 bodies, including 25 children, were found in the aftermath. He took a moment to get a photo op amongst the remains. Uh, so here's the fact check right here. He was clearly not there, right? Chipman. Chipman on multi multiple occasions had lied about Waco siege, claiming that, that the cult members used a 50 caliber Barrettes to shoot down two Texas Air, uh, Air National Guard helicopters. That's right. This never happened. I'll read more here. Uh, so this is part of the hearing here. 
Senator Ted Cruz gets Joe Biden's ATF director nominee David Shipman to admit that he wants to ban the AR-15, the most popular rifle in America. Let's uh, listen to this. Uh, Mr. Shipman, a minute ago, uh, Senator Whitehouse asked you if any of your views on guns are out of step with the majority of the American people. Um, they are, the AR-15 is one of, if not the most popular rifle in America. It's not a machine gun. It's a rifle. Uh, your public position is that you want to ban AR-15s. Is that correct? Senator, uh, thank you for the question, and thank you for our visit yesterday and offering me a Dr. Pepper. It made me reminisce about my time in Central Texas. But oh, holy shit. You're serious? Holy shit. Now to Dr. your uh, question. Dr. Pepper? Uh, with respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as, um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill. Um, of course you do. Thank you for the burrito, Archie Bunker. Appreciate that. Uh, I do apologize if I missed any. I appreciate all the spells and so forth cast over on Trovo confetti uh, from uh, LT. Thank you, 10 of those confettis. Thank you. Uh, and on fire spells from uh, Prussian Blue. Thank you. Five confettis from uh, Kill the Bankers. Thank you, sir. 20 confettis from uh, Sin6. Thank you. Uh, Maternal Maiden, uh, five confettis as well. Thank you. Lots of confettis over there. Appreciate that. Anyway, let's uh, keep going with the clip here. I appreciate the Trovo support, guys. Uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon, um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for. Um, as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws and the books. And right now, um, there is no such uh, ban on those guns. So you want to ban the most popular rifle in America. Uh, Interesting. Huh? There we go. Uh, where are we? <laughs> there we are. Uh, okay. So we have a follow-up to that, too. Uh, a couple of uh, fancy pants with a pizza slice. Thank you for that. Uh, and from Pat, a winner or dancing chicken. Uh, appreciate that. Troggy, Troggy Trog with uh, 10 confetti. Thank you. Goyim Defender with also 10 confettis. Uh, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. And uh, born again, bear, uh, bear censored. I think it is with a confetti too. Thank you. And I think this is a uh, no. I, I thought that was a colorful chat. Confused at a uh, uh, born again uh, bear with a birthday cake. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. So check out this clip here. Here he is later on being asked. I forget what the uh, what's his name is. It one of the Kennedy is that his name? Anyway, he's asking him to define what he means. Uh, or, or, yeah, what can you define an assault weapon? Who wants to ban these things? Can you define what it is? Listen to this. This is incredible. Director, um, I got 35 seconds left. Define it for me, would you please, sir? Um, What's an assault there, weapon? Yeah, Senator, uh, um, the bill uh, to ban assault what, weapons is, what is your dozens of pages. Of an There's weapon. no way I could define an assault weapon. You don't have any. Second. You're going to run an this agency, and you don't have a definition of assault weapon. But I would be enforcing <laughs> the definition that members yeah, of Congress. Yeah, but you're going to be have. issuing rules and regulations. Just give me your definition. Um, I'll give you one definition that ATF. Give me your definition. One definition that ATF currently. Give me your definition. I can give you one definition. If you won't answer my question, I, how can I vote for you? I'm done, Mr. Chairman. I don't think I'm going to get an answer. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Good stuff. That'll be uh, this. This. This ought to be fun uh, when they put this guy in place. All right. Um, 
so I think we're done with the chipmen for now. We'll follow up. I'm sure it'll be uh, passed or what do you call it? Be confirmed, basically, right? Uh, let me close a couple of windows here. Uh, the, yeah, this one is kind of uh, this is interesting. A little correction here too. Let me just check. I want to make sure we don't miss uh, anything on entropy in case the notifications drop. Uh, here we go. One from Wise here as well. Thank you, Wise. He says. Uh, he should see my lethal screwdriver collection. <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Wise. Appreciate that. Uh, okay, so check this out here. This is kind of interesting. This was going around. I saw it a number of places. We ended up playing it on Weekend Warrior 2. And um, apparently it's a mistranslation. And this is what they do occasionally in clips like this. They are released. They go around. And then, you know, the fact checkers out there can say, look at these crazy conspiracy theorists. This is not what he said and stuff. And so, yeah, you always have to take it with a with a grain of salt because there's uh, either either intentionally people do this because they're uh, what do you call it um, bad actors and want to muddy the waters poison the well or whatever right uh, but I wanted to give you the the correct translation we played it at the end of the weekend warrior show and and we'd said uh, uh, when we played the clip as it was introduced when we came across it online that Luc Montagnier uh, who is one of the Nobel laureates uh, back in 2008 I think for I think it was something related to HIV or AIDS or maybe infectious disease. It was something like that. But the claim here is that people who take the vaccine will die within, and I, it says two years here in the headline, but I, I, what I heard was within five years. So maybe there's different translations of this going around for some reason. It was done in French, and that's why, uh, you know, there was a translation issue and some, so someone had taken the video and, you know, fudged it basically, right? But anyway, anyway so here's what he did say. We're going to get into the corona issue here a little bit more, some updates on this. Um, and so I guess we can, let's play the correct video. And so he's talking about the variants. Uh, Montagnier's important message is about the, va that the vaccine in of itself is causing variants. Now this could still mean though, that there could be dangerous enough variants that are created in or by, or as a consequence of those that have been given the vaccine, taken the vaccine or the MRNA technology software update, the hack, if you will, that that will be something that actually does kill people because kind of much in the same way that the, we'll get to the gain of function research later that's kind of an interesting side note to this too but much in the same way that they kind of create more virulent and more uh, more more how do we stronger i guess versions of the virus with gain of uh, gain of function research uh, to kind of spur on the virus this could be kind of much of the same way but anyway it's it's a subtitle and so this is from rare's website which i forget what that stand for again reclaim something blah 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 rare but anyway this is this is the correct video from on their website of what he said so uh, check this out here Subtitle. quand on regarde les courbes de l'OMS depuis qu'on a vacciné en janvier les courbes de contamination explosent et également le nombre de morts notamment des jeunes oui. avec de thromboses tout ça oui. quel est votre regard sur cette vaccination massive puisqu'on est dans une nation massive alors qu'il y aurait des traitements qui marche, qui fonctionne et pas cher. C'est une énorme erreur, n'est-ce pas C'est une erreur euh, scientifique et une, une faute médicale, si on peut dire. Enfin, C'est inacceptable dans l'histoire. On, on en fera le bilan un jour de tout ça, n'est-ce pas Car euh, c'est effectivement la vaccination qui a créé les variants. Le virus de, de Chine, n'est-ce pas un vaccin, c'est-à-dire des anticorps produits par un vaccin, et qu'est-ce qui va faire le virus Ou bien mourir, ou bien trouver des solutions. Les nouveaux variants sont vraiment la, la production, la résultante des vaccinations. Et donc vous voyez toujours dans les pays, 
même pour là maintenant, c'est pareil, vous avez la courbe des vaccinations et la courbe des morts maintenant qui, qui suit. Je suis de près, si vous voulez, des expériences qui sont faites in situ, c'est-à-dire sur des patients, des malades, qui sont devenus infectés par le, le corona après une vaccination. Hein? Et je veux vous montrer que ce, que, ce qui est apparu, c'est un virus variant qui résiste. Yeah, see, I will show you that they're creating the variants that are resistant to the vaccine, right? And so this will, might also be, then be used to kind of a pretext for continued vaccination programs and updated vaccines. Get again, update uh, of this mRNA software technology pack, right? Uh, which is in and of itself a big problem because you could talk about corruption, like how much money is in this. We've, we've covered some of this, just how much, how much incredible amounts of money uh, that uh, the big pharma companies and the stakeholders, the uh, uh, shareholders and so forth are making uh, because of this mass vaccination experiment. Comment peut-on vacciner en période épidémique Expliquez-moi. C'est impensable. Le silence, si vous voulez, beaucoup de gens savent ça. Les épidémiologistes le savent, tout ça. Ce sont des anticorps produits par le, le virus qui permettent à l'infection d'être plus forte. Vous voyez C'est yeah, ça. Like uh, it's like the uh, antibiotics, right, for, uh, for bacteria. It's becoming super resistant because we're not like. People are sloppy when they're using it. They're not doing it right and stuff like that. So we're like, we're, we're creating more stronger variants, which is, you know, horrific, actually. So it could, could mean that maybe, um, maybe this is the point, too, and maybe the plan, right? But they're like, this is a way of creating much more severe versions of the virus, which then eventually actually will go on to kill a lot more people, right? We know that they've fudged the numbers. They've exaggerated this. It's a classification issue. In some cases, even a terminology issue. Or who's, uh, who's died as a technicality of COVID as opposed to dying of something else if they tested positive with it. We've been over this now the, la the whole last, last year, right? last 14 months, uh, almost more than that now. We've been over this. But again, for newcomers, for those of you who don't know this, this is how they've you know, spurred up and, and increased the numbers to make it seem that it's this out-of-control pandemic when it turns out in almost every country around the world, it, there is not a, a, an increased number of uh, people dead. In many countries, it's actually less uh, because of the lockdowns. People have stayed you know, inside and stuff like that, right? Uh, anyway, let's uh, listen to the rest of the clip and then we'll, we'll move on from this. On appelle les antibody-dependent uh, enhancements, c'est-à-dire des anticorps qui favorisent une infection. L'anticorps va se fixer sur le virus et à ce moment-là, il y a des récepteurs aux anticorps que nous avons dans nos macrophages, etc., qui vont à ce moment-là piquer le virus, pas par hasard, mais enfin du fait même qu'il est lié à des anticorps. Vous voyez il est clair que les nouveaux variants sont créés par la sélection des anticorps produits par la vaccination. D'accord OK, there we go. So new variants. New variants are created, which is the big takeaway from that. And so that's an update. So beware of that. I mean, it's easy to, you know, kind of get carried away and you see a video. And, oh, my God, here's this Nobel, you know, prize winner. And he's saying how everybody's going to die. Now, uh, there are other people, though, like Dolores uh, Cahill, I think, right? She was talking about this and she was like, she is still taking this route, right? And she's claiming that, like, yeah, people will die. Uh, because and maybe that's because the variants as well. Let me see if I can find that clip. I think it was Cahill, Dolores Cahill. Now she's a, a doctor out of Ireland, and she's talking about that too. Let me see if I can find that real quick. Uh, yeah, short clip. Let's check out this. So that, this is still her claim. I know some other people are still making this claim. I just want to clarify that Luke doesn't make this claim. 
uh, but others do. And again, it could be because of a strong variant or something that takes hold. Uh, here's Dolores. Listen to her uh, real quick. What she says about this side effect of the mRNA technology. The chronology of where we are is based on lies, you know, that coronavirus is lethal, that there was no prevention and treatment, that it's an emergency that requires social distancing and masks, which it doesn't and that the solution was an mRNA vaccine that was safe and effective, which it isn't, and that it's causing huge harm. And we know as well that the more harm from these mRNA vaccines will happen in the years to come. So my, you know, what I've been saying all along is anyone who's over 70 who gets one of these mRNA vaccines will probably be, sadly, die within about two to three years. And I would say anyone who gets the mRNA injection, no matter what age you are, your life expectancy will be reduced to, you know, die if you're in your 30s within five to 10 years. And you probably will have allergy, neurocognitive issues, um, inflammation, and of course, infertility is the major one. Yeah, so hopefully she's not correct. But if she is, holy shit. Speaking to that, the first guy in the world in the UK, interesting, his name is William Shakespeare. Imagine that. Uh, the first man in the world to get the one of the approved COVID vaccines, he got the uh, Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccine in, uh, I think, mid-January of this year. Uh, he died just uh, yesterday at age 81. Yes, he is old. He's old. He could have died. But it's, what can you say about it, right? Th three About three months later, um, he, uh, he he moves on. Here's the, uh, the video here. Where are we? No. Um, here it is. Here it is. When he's getting the shot. Check this out. So the first man in the world to receive a clinically approved COVID-19 vaccine has died of an unrelated illness, British officials says. The 81-year-old Englishman named William Shakespeare. I'm just like, you know, for those of you looking, like, monitoring, like, occult <laughs> signals and shit like that, it's like, William Shakespeare, really? Uh, was the first man and second person to get a Pfizer jab after the UK approved the experimental shot in early December. small chance of that. Okay, I won't hear what he said there, but anyway. Uh, the first person was 90-year-old British grandmother Margaret Keenan. Shakespeare died Thursday, but the cause of death was not immediately known, according to the BBC. The Coventry resident had reported, uh, has reportedly worked at Rolls-Royce, really, and served as a parish councillor for many years in the city's uh, Aylesley community. Uh, okay, so there you go. Crazy stuff, right? Let's go back to this one. I didn't play this one yet. Check out this here. It's uh, a is a YouTube video that's made, and it's kind of longer. There's some music in the background, but just I'll show you some of the countries to just give give you an idea. Showing the statistics of the weekly deaths before vaccinations in all the world's countries, coupled with the weekly deaths after the vaccinations. Basically, it's as it says here, it's impact of COVID vaccinations on mortality, right? So let's uh, let's check this out. Here's Albania, the first one here. Argentina. Let's play a few of these here so you can get a feel for this. Austria. Azerbaijan. Bahrain. Bangladesh. Belgium. Bosnia-Herzegovina, Brazil, 
Bulgaria, Canada. Oh, that was lower for once. Chile. And as you can see, after the vaccinations, in many countries, you have more deaths than before. That's China right there. Colombia. Costa Rica. Croatia. Cyprus. You can read here yourself, up, up in the top right corner. Czech, Czech Republic. Denmark. is no longer France. Greece. Hungary. But there's a big spike in some of these countries after the vaccination program begins. India, look at that. Iran. Iraq. Ireland. Hey, Fem Blanche, chat. Uh, thank you so much for your support. Good to see you. Thank you for stopping by. See you later. Italy, Japan here. Jordan. Kenya. Korea. Oh, that was North Korea then. Republic of Korea? No, North Korea. Kuwait. Holy shit. Kyrgyzstan. Latvia. Somewhat lower. Lebanon. Yeah, somewhat lower too. Lithuania. Ah, oh, that was alright. Lithuania seems decent. Luxembourg, eh. Malaysia. It's going up. This It's just when the statistics for this were starting to come in, it's in some countries just beginning to go up as well, right? Oh, there Mexico was going down, but many other countries are showing a spike right at the end of the reporting. So this is up to April 21st. So it would be very interesting to see um, actually, uh, 22nd of April, 2021. So it'll be interesting to see the additional month uh, or two here um, to see how, how so if, if this trend's continued or not. But you know, here's Norway. I see that's higher than, than before. Oman. Yeah, see, up, up, up. Pakistan. Panama was a little better. Paraguay, shit, out of control. Peru. Philippines, pretty severe, with the vaccine is, is introduced. Poland, also very severe. Portugal. Whoa, Qatar, shit. Romania. It's like in some countries, it's like when the, immediately as the vaccine is introduced, there's a, a spike in deaths, right? Saudi Arabia, not too bad. Scotland. Serbia. Sicily, Slovakia. Yeah, pretty bad. Slovenia. South Africa. Not too bad. Spain. 
Oof, that's a big spike there. Sudan? Sudan? Sweden! What are you doing, Sweden? What are you doing? Oh, that's not too bad there. That's good. Okay. Somewhat good. Switzerland, same kind of same trajectory there. Syrian Arab Republic. That's bad. All right. You get it. We almost went through the whole video here. Thailand. I guess we can play it out so you guys can see. But let's just play it out. Turkey. United Arab Emirates. Huge spike there. Shit. Ukraine. Oof. Still high. Uruguay. Big spike. The United States of America. Okay, there was a big spike introduced. Not too bad now. Up towards April. Venezuela was bad. Wales. All right, there we go. Interesting. All right. So make of that what you uh, what you will. Uh, not good. Not good stuff. Okay. Uh, let me see here. Let me check uh, entropy real quick so I didn't miss any. Um, Den Mother over on Entropy says, I love, I love me some Kennedy. He's uh, a gem. LOL, some great clips of him owning peeps around. Yeah, that's true. He, he is, he's actually very good. He's, he's kind of funny, too. I like him. Uh, thank you for that, Den Mother. We talked about the, yeah, the uh, AstraZeneca uh, virus there, or the uh, vaccine, the guy who got it first. Check out this real quick clip here. Heart problems in at least 18 young people. This is only one state alone. This is just in Connecticut, right? 18 people, young people, are having heart problems uh, after receiving the COVID vaccine. Big surprise. Take all these different states together, all the different adverse effects and stuff like that. I saw someone in chat mention it too, but it is believed that around... This, this is hard to kind of quantify too in a way, but they're believing that around one, maybe just as much as 1%, of the actual adverse effects are reported to the VAERS uh, system, right? I've seen articles attacking VAERS that it's like they're praising it because it's a good system. But when people are using it to pull out data that these media outlets don't agree with, basically showing that the vaccine is dangerous and it's a, an experiment and people are getting sick and dying from it, then they don't like it. They want to shut it down. They want to pre prevent people from pulling out the data from it. Anyway, um, here's just one, uh, one state, Connecticut, uh, heart problems in young people. Well, this morning, the CDC is looking into reports of a heart condition in teenagers and young adults that uh, may be linked to the COVID-19 vaccine. Maybe, there yeah. is no confirmed connection yet, but so far there have been more than a dozen cases here in Connecticut. NBC Connecticut's Jennifer Joes joins us live from Hartford with what parents need to know. And Jennifer, this is a hot topic on our website. It's the top red story right now. Yeah, absolutely. It is yeah, concerning yeah, to parents out there who are getting their kids vaccinated. What we know from the Department of Public Health is that there's 18 cases so far right here in Connecticut. All 18 people were hospitalized for several days. 17 of them so far have been released and sent home, and one of them remains in the hospital. The CDC is right now investigating to see if there is a cause and a link here for the inflammation of the heart muscle known as myocarditis, and if that's related to these teenagers getting the COVID vaccine. The agency says the cases appear to be rare and mild. They mainly happen in teens and young adults. It's happening more often in males than females and also after the second dose. Typically, it, it occurs within four days. We've been in touch with CDC to make sure that they are aware of the cases. So they're studying this question. Um, these have been rare. Um, they've been mild and they've been self-limited, but, um, but we are uh, tracking them and working with our federal partners. 
Now, while the CDC continues to investigate if there is a link between the inflammation of the heart muscle and the vaccine, doctors are still encouraging young people to continue getting the vaccine. Of course. The big symptom as yeah. a parent that you need to look out for in your child is if they start complaining of chest pain. That's one of the big ones. Also, if they have some weakness or fatigue or shortness of breath. Any of these symptoms, if any of these present themselves, immediately reach out to your pediatrician. Live here in Hartford, Jennifer Joe, NBC Connecticut News. Back to you. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Uh, and, of course, then they're covering this up. They're not talking about it. Again, take into effect or into account all the different um, all the different uh, states where we've heard of all these different issues. There's one main issue over here in this state that they cover or in this area. It's this back and forth all the time, right? But if you take all these... All these different reports together, this is a huge problem, right? And they're still recommending. Now they're selling, you know, the kids are supposed to have it now six months to uh, to 12 years old. They're pushing it on them now and stuff. And there's a lot of, some countries too, I saw, a lot of, a lot of people, they just don't want it, right? They don't want it anymore. Uh, they're ending up throwing away or giving away millions of doses of the vaccine because they just, they can't push it on their people. And there's an expiration date and stuff like that too. Again, basically it's money down the, down the drain, right? Uh, the pharma companies get it, though, obviously. Uh, but so check out this regarding uh, Facebook blocking information about the corona uh, virus, the corona uh, mRNA experimental uh, vac- so-called vaccine. Uh, not a big surprise. It's just kind of a, a short uh, version here of one of the Project Veritas uh, recent videos about this. Again, not a big surprise, but just keep in mind these massive companies like Facebook are preventing us from being able to share information that's telling us about the potential bad and negative side effects of these vaccines. It's absolutely uh, criminal. Here's the clip. To do something when it comes time to standing up for the world I want my children to live in. I don't want to leave them a world to where they don't have these liberties. You aren't allowed to have voice trying to control this content before it even makes it onto your page, before you even see it. Facebook uses classifiers in their algorithms to determine certain content to be what they call vaccine hesitant, what they call vaccine hesitancy, and without the user's knowledge, they assign a score to these comments. That's called a VH score, vaccine hesitancy score. Based on that score, will denote or leave the comment alone, depending on the content within the comment. They refer to the test size as 1.5%. I'm not exactly which, sure which pool that pulls from. But I think it's comments on authoritative health pages. Why do we believe they've already rolled this out? All C-19 vaccine, global, currently global, 66 languages. And the very first thing that, uh, that, that brought me to the conclusion that they wanted to do this globally is they were developing it in, like, you know, as many languages as they could get their hands on. The narrative being, get the vaccine. The vaccine is good for you. Everyone should get it. And if you don't, you will be singled out as an enemy of society. It seems like right. any facts that escape a particular narrative are omitted, demoted, deboosted, Absolutely. banned, yes. considered dangerous to society. Yeah, I'm seeing I'm seeing some of you uh, talking about the way that they're distorting a voice uh, in the clip, but it's frankly done too, because if you just pitch shift it, you can actually pitch shift some of it back if you, if you know in what direction to go and stuff like that. And you can actually, you know, basically kind of get back of, of some that you've tried to hide. And so they're adding an extra layer on like a, 
It sounds like some kind of phaser or tremolo effect or something like that, right? But uh, so I get why it's annoying to listen to, but I get why they're doing it. Anyway, here's the rest of the clip. You can have these conversations at the water cooler in an office Absolutely. at Facebook, the location, Facebook, but you're not allowed to go onto Facebook and write this stuff. No. That's ironic. It is very ironic. They want to build a community where everybody complies, not where people can have open discourse and dialogue about the most personal and private and intimate decisions that anybody could ever face in their life, which is regarding their own body, their own health. The policy is going to keep expanding until anything can violate it. If this was scaled larger and scaled to Twitter and the internet as a whole, is way worse than anything that could happen for me getting fired from my job. Because it's more, about more than me, it's about it really everyone in the world. And it came down to the point where I had to make a decision to do what was right. All right, so that goes on. It's like a 20-minute clip altogether, so we don't have time for playing it here today, but check it out on their BitChute, uh, uh, Veritas Visuals, I think it is, on BitChute, uh, where they have the whole 20-minute one. It's up on uh, t uh, tv.gab.com as well, so check out that. I'm going to look at the whole thing later on myself. I didn't have time, but I just saw the, qu saw the qu quick clip here. Uh, not a big surprise. Obviously, we know that the, that they're doing this, but it's always it's good, and it's important to get the confirmation on that. Uh, I see 14 Reasons over, in, over on Trovo, is asking regarding the vaccination rate. He says, uh, I was going to ask Henrik if he believes the data on alleged uh, on alleged around 50% of US and American population are vaxxed. Uh, so I think that they're overplaying that uh, 14 reasons. I think they are, I don't think that there is that many people that are volunteering and get, look, it was, it came out recently that even the CDC personnel, they could only get something like 40, I forget which end it was, either 40% were the ones that were willing to get vaccinated or maybe it was as high as 60, right? So it was either 40 accepting it or not, you know, accepting it basically or not taking it. it, it look, if if the very institutions that are trying to push this on us can't even get their own people to take the vaccine, why the hell should we, right? Nurse, we've talked about this also, many nurses are not taking it. I think it's lower than that. I think it's much lower. They're trying to claim that it's high so that that will kind of spur. Oh, okay. I guess, you know, it's you got to be wary of polls and statistics and numbers and percentages that they throw out because um, it could just be as a way to to spur on more people to take it, basically. So, no, I don't think if you want to ask me about a number, I don't know, maybe maybe a third, maybe 30 percent or something like that, 33 percent in that ballpark w w has taken it. Uh, I hope it's less, but again, they're going. They're, what they're doing here too, and we've talked about this too. But they're doing the same as they're doing in animal populations, where they give. They're hoping to give it to X number of people, and that then that it will spread in and of itself, right? This new this new technology, uh, which is part of this mRNA technology, you have. You don't have to have the whole population getting a vaccine because it spreads through shedding and stuff like that. Now they're denying that. They're saying, oh, this is not true. But the, but that's bullshit. They've had articles on that for, for a long time. And we've showed some of them in the past, too, that even um, even their own uh, you know mainstream news outlets were covering how they're seeking to develop a new type of vaccine that, that basically spreads as a virus. The, vi the vaccine is the virus. <laughs> that's basically what it is, right? The vaccine is the virus. Uh, Wise Wildfire over on Entropy says, uh, who wants to live in a world where you can, uh, where you have to report to a government-approved doctor for your monthly ration of vaccine, ration, ration of vaccine to combat a virus that they cooked up in a lab and released into the public to control you? Yeah, I mean, that's that seems to be what we're looking at here, uh, to be frank. Um, I just don't, I, I don't know, I... I think that they and they, but they have started covering though. That's actually our next story here. Uh, 
they've started covering the lab uh, the lab thing now, which is kind of interesting. I mean, this was a conspiracy theory after, you know, just a, what a, six months ago, something like that in the mainstream. Uh, but now they're allowed to touch on it, right? They're allowed to talk about it now. It can be on CNN. But anyway, Weiss, I, I totally agree. I, I, I understand. It's You have to draw the line somewhere. This shit of like complying just so that you can like, you know, go along to get along. I just, I'm not part of that whatsoever. This is, you could have like, there's life altering decisions being made every day now for people that are taking the decision to take this vaccine. And ultimately it's Russian roulette because we don't know. We've asked for the studies and we're not getting them. They're, they're giving us free donuts and lottery tickets and beer and, you know, they're setting up shop in strip clubs and, you know, just, you know, we're just a, a, an inch away from like free hand jobs if you get the vaccine. Um, so we, we're asking for things which they're not providing, right? And so that's the big problem. And that's why no one is buying it. And that's why I think a lot of people are so skeptical of it. But check this out. Here's a CNN clip. So again, keep in mind, this is, people were censored, banned rather, from places like uh, YouTube for talking about these very ideas six months ago and just like we talked covered earlier with infowars kind of thing that there's like where where were you you know 10 years ago kind of thing where were you a year ago when most of the people on the internet that are interested in this kind of stuff and doing the research talking about these subjects looking hard at the data at the time that was available speculating try to piece this puzzle together we're saying obviously because of gain of function research that was moved out of the u.s into china it was done at the wuhan library fauci paid for the Research on these weasels, right? Because it's a uh, they have the respiratory system that's most like the human one, and this thing either escaped intentionally, uh, or they leaked it out, or you know gave it to a few people, or there's a patient zero out there somewhere, right? Uh, or they uh, accidentally did it. But anyway, this point the media is talking about. Oh well, you know we're not going to deny that it might have been an accident. That might be what we're looking at. We just don't know yet. Here's CNN. Look at this again. Perfectly fine a year on for them to cover it, though. This matters. Understanding where coronavirus and how the pandemic began matters. A lot of the discussion about the lab leak, I think, was clouded early on because there was the suggestion by some that it was somehow a Chinese weapon that, that caused this. That's not what we're talking about what here. We're talking what about it was a, a globalist lab weapon, accident. Dude. But we've come a long way from people dismissing this as a conspiracy theory to yeah. a lot of people taking this seriously, Matt. Yeah, yeah. And and so when so keep in mind again, when when they do it, it's okay. When when you you plebe on the internet talking about this, we need to ban you and we need to shut you down. We have, John, and look, I do think it's important to remember that part of the issue when this was first being reported on and discussed back a few months after the pandemic had begun was that then President Trump and Mike Pompeo, uh, the uh, Secretary of State, both suggested they had seen evidence that this was formed in a lab and they also suggested it was not released on purpose, but they refused to release the evidence showing what it was. And so because of that, that made this instantly political. I think that it was, you know, example 1000 when the Trump administration learned that when you have burned your own credibility over and over again, yeah, people right. are not immediately going to believe you, especially in an election year. However, that does not mean it's not worth discussing. There See, so they're like, oh, well, but we can discuss, but we, we need to do it in the right way. And by serious parties, you see, you can't just throw out these ideas there first, right? Again, much of it was not just ideas were thrown out. It was actually based on what they were doing, what people were finding out at the time, what they were doing at Wuhan, uh, the Virology Institute in Wuhan. This was, we know what they were doing. I, I, again, yes, there is a discussion that could be made. Was it an accident? And when they discovered that it was an accident or, or whatever, then they decided to use it like it was intentional. 
that's the only thing you can say, right? Because the way that they have intentionally used it as a weapon against populations, against people's freedom or against our, our liberty, the way that they've used it against our medical freedom, the way they've used it to, to control, to lock down, to destroy things. I mean, that's that, that, in a way, it doesn't matter at that point. You can take it, you can slice it any way you like. It doesn't really matter. The important thing is how they've used it. Uh, I want to know for the sake of it, and and because if it if it is intentional, actually you can you you should and these people should be held accountable anyway for crimes against humanity. Even if it's even if it's not if it wasn't intentional, the way they used it is to, has still caused massive destruction, suicides, people dying. Now the vaccine stuff, right? Anyway, the, the rest of the clip here. Getting getting ahead of myself. Has been a sort of persistent, albeit relatively quiet, focus on whether that was the origin of the virus. And it is compounded by the fact that uh, there are, have not been clear answers from Chinese officials about it and that investigators trying to find out the origin have been stymied. So I do think we're in a different period of this, John. But I also think it's important to remember because I think it's getting reframed in, in a way that's just not true to what happened. I don't mean here. <laughs> right. I mean in this, this broader debate by Trump supporters about what happened when this was originally raised. I think a lot of people want just answers at this point, and it is important. Right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, well, that's what we asked for all the time. We wanted answers. And these uh, these idiots in the media were, were denying us, they were shutting us, shutting people down, they were criticizing people here. But look at this here, CNN, right? Two headlines. In May of 2020, Anthony Fauci just crushed Donald Trump's theory on the origins of the virus. And again, it wasn't Trump's theory. It was He was regurgitating this from other people that were talking about it at the time, that had evidence, that had data for this, right? And then f go forward a little bit more than a year, May 23rd, 2021, Fauci not convinced COVID developed naturally, backs investigation. And that's where we are uh, right now in terms of the next story to cover here, how the Biden team has, well, there's two experts to this. He's asking the intelligence services to investigate, but then at the same time, the Biden team shut down the State Department's inquiry into probing possible lab links to COVID. So it's a it's a contradiction. It could be that they have more control over the intelligence services and know that they will come up with the results that they want to have, maybe. And that's why uh, I'm not sure why they're denying the State Department uh, this link. Um, let's watch this clip here uh, again. They covered this flip flop, too, right? Yeah, the Biden administration ended up uh, ended an inquiry into a possible connection between the origins of the novel coronavirus and a lab in Wuhan. The State Department launched the previously undisclosed inquiry last fall under Trump, but the effort was shut down this spring because of concerns about the quality of its work, CNN reported, citing three unnamed sources. Allies of Mike Pompeo, Trump's Secretary of State, were looking into the possibility that the coronavirus pandemic may have started in the Wuhan Institute of Virology and not in nature. They looked at all these animals. They, look, they could not find uh, any one of these animals carrying uh, the coronavirus. There's no link found yet, right? Everything points to Wuhan. That's that's just what it is, right? Uh, but after the changeover in the administration, concerns were raised early in 2021 about what they could find. Maybe that's maybe we'll find something bad. Maybe Fauci will be implicated in this. What then? The State Department confirmed to CNN that the inquiry had stopped, but said it's continuing to work with other agencies on COVID origin issues. So that could be what the next. Let's check this clip here first before before we go to the next door, though. Uh, let's see how detailed they get about this. Thing. After discrediting the theory for over a year, Democrats and the mainstream media now warming up to the possibility that COVID-19 may have originated from a Wuhan lab. Here to weigh in on that stunning reversal, New York Post stunning. contributor Eddie Brave. Scary. Eddie, great to see you as always. Look, the media has their come to Jesus moment, but you ain't buying it. Why? 
<laughs> well, I think since the beginning of the pandemic, the media have been just as reliable as the CDC in getting information about the coronavirus, which is to say um, entirely irrelevant or giving information that just doesn't make sense, contradictory information. Um, now we're seeing the media come around to this idea that many, many conservatives, they were called fringe, um, as fringe as an elected U.S. senator named Tom Cotton, um, who, who knew this, who at least suspected this was a possibility all along, that this was not a, um, a disease that came from a wet market, that it was something that was created in a lab. Um, entirely possible. Everyone had a, a, a very compelling case for that, and then, yet the media denied it, disparaged it, belittled anyone who said such a thing. Now they're saying, uh, well, maybe it is possible, and, and they're coming up with all these excuses for why why they initially denied it, but all of this, the excuses are also a lie. We know why they denied it, and it was because they had to stand in direct opposition to anything Trump or any of his Republican allies said. It was all political, just like it's been from the beginning. They politicized the pandemic, um, and we're seeing now that now that it's uh, now that it's convenient for them and easy for them. They got they got the president they wanted, so now they right. can come around and finally tell us the truth. <laughs> Boy, it seems like it was all about getting Biden in there. But here's the flip flop, just a sample of the flip flop, Eddie. Look at this: Washington Post going from doubtful to credible. New York Times going from fringe to fertile. And then you have NPR going from doubt, big word there, to new life. I mean, look, how worrisome is it that the mainstream media will stop at nothing to advance their agenda, like you mentioned, getting President Biden into office, even at the risk of covering up something this is bad. I mean, it's much more than getting Biden in Of course, office, and you're right. Like, I think it, it has real-world consequences. It, it, it costs, um, at least in some part, an election, This the, the politicization of, of the pandemic and everything else that happened in 2020. Um, and that, again, that, the media is completely irrelevant on this. You can't get any real reliable information on this. If anyone wants real information, they have to go to alternative sources that, of course, are called fringe. Um, but that's where you get the well, real and information. And they're, they're censored now, too. That's they the other problem. They're banned from these big uh, tech platforms. Um, local governments, city governments. Um, and that's that's the only way you're going to get the truth, because, again, the, the way that the media have talked about this from the beginning, it's been entirely political. Um, right. they, you look at the, the last the last time I checked, the top 10 states with the highest death rate of COVID, they were all, all but two of them were run by Democrats. But you never hear anything about that. They want to obsess. All right. OK. <clears throat> Everyone has jumped on this. Remember, the, Trump was behind the vaccine, too. He pushed this on everybody and shit like that. So it's not just the, Dems, the Democrats are in on it. But uh, I get the point. Sure, they used it, right? But anyway, so here's the, the other story here. Uh, Biden tasks intelligence community to report on COVID origins in 90 days. Interesting. President Joe Biden said Wednesday he has directed the U.S. intelligence community because you can really trust them now, can't you? CIA, I would assume, or something like that. FBI, maybe. I don't know. Uh, to redouble their efforts in investigating the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic and report back to him in 90 days. The announcement comes after a U.S. intelligence report found several researchers at China's Wuhan Institute of Virology fell ill in November 2019 and had to be hospitalized. A new detail that fueled further debate about the origins of the coronavirus pandemic. As part of that report, I've asked for areas of further inquiry that may be required, including specific, uh, specific questions for China. And you can really you can really bet that they will give you the truth as well, right? It's the same way the world have just trusted China for this string of genetic code that they gave to everybody and said, here, this is the uh, this is the virus right here. This is what you're looking for right here. It's not exosomes or anything like that. It can't be something else and it can't be found anywhere else, let's say in the body or something like that. It's totally fine. This code is what we're going to target right here. 
uh, trust China. I've also asked that this effort include work by our national labs and other agencies of our government to augment the intelligence community's efforts. And I have asked the intelligence community to keep Congress fully appraised of its work, Biden said in a statement. He also said the failure to get our inspectors on the ground in those early months will always hamper any investigation into the origin of COVID-19. Yeah, they didn't let them in. Allegedly, right? Unless the U.S. worked with them at that time, too. But that's uh, it, it's better than nothing, right? We'll, uh, we'll take it, uh, as you say. We, we, uh, we appreciate that they're at least. But again, can you trust it? <laughs> it can be very problematic in and of itself. Uh, but at least on the surface, they're pretending. At least they're pretending. Uh, like that they want to know, right? Uh, another good thing that happened, too, is that Rand Paul's bill to propose that gain-of-function research is end- ended in... Now, there's some technicalities here. Uh, so it was gain-of-function research, and we've talked about it specif- specifically on the Weekend Warrior shows, that this, you know, it's this methodology that they use to try to get ahead, that's their excuse, of the virus, uh, to find therapies, vaccines, etc., to, you know, when they're when they're tackling a much more difficult enemy, so to speak, a virus. And then if a natural version of that is let out, it's much more tame. It's not as advanced, shall we say, it's not the terminology, but you get my drift. And so it's it's easier for them to to take care of it. The other problem, of course, when you do gain of function research is potentially if they if they create these very, very virulent and dangerous lethal viruses, infectious viruses, and it, let, and it gets out, it'll be mass death right away, right? So that's one of the reasons why they moved it from the U.S. over to China. And in fact, uh, the Obama administration was part of doing that back in, I think it was 2014. And But Fauci didn't like that, you see. So he paid a third party. I forget, it was a, a company out of uh, Manhattan somewhere. I forget their name now. That... Um, took over that role uh, of basically being the, the mediator, the go-between between, between the U.S. and China. And so they set up that same research in China. Anyway, here's uh, the vote on the Senate floor and uh, what Rand Paul proposed here. Listen to this. Senator from Kentucky. We may never know whether the pandemic arose from the lab in Wuhan, but we do know that so far no intermediate animal host has been discovered. Thousands of animals at the wet market have been looked at. None of them have carried COVID-19. We've tried to infect COVID-19 into bats. It doesn't grow well in bats. It seems most adapted and suitable for humans. We may not know whether this ever arose out of a Wuhan lab, but I think gain-of-function research, where we take a deadly virus, sometimes much more deadly than COVID, and then we increase its transmissibility to mammals is wrong. In 2014, NIH stopped all of this research. I'm using the same definition to say any gain-of-function research should not be funded in China with U.S. taxpayer dollars, and I recommend a yes vote. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of late, but better late than never. I ask unanimous consent to vitiate the 60-vote requirement for this amendment and yield back time. Is there objection? Without objection. All time is yielded back. The question is now on the amendment. All those in favor, say aye. Aye. Opposed, nay. It seems as if the ayes have it. (laughs) The amendment is agreed to. (laughs) Under the previous.
There you go. All right, so good. Uh, good for Rand Paul, at least for introducing it. But keep in mind, though, I mean, sure, at least the U.S. government then won't be paying for this, I would assume. Uh, and again, unless they use a third party or find it in some other way, but you could, it could always continue, right? There's other ways that they do this, unfortunately. Uh, but at least they're, they're open about it. Um, let me see, Rebel News. That's not what I wanted at all. I wanted a Rebel... Uh, I wanted... Not Rebel News. What is it called again? Revolver. Revolver News. I googled that wrong here. Let me see here. Um, I was looking for that article. Google is... Of course you can't get anything on, from Revolver News on Google. Here we go. Well, maybe this one. Let me see. Yeah, here it is. Here it is. Actually, could find it. Interesting. Here's the article. And we talked about this one before, but this is the... Kind of the main, uh, the main beast, if you will, on proving this, the gain-of-function issue. Look out this one if you want to find out more about this. We don't have time right now to go into it. But Dr. Fauci secretly ordered Chinese animal experiments with disturbing links to COVID, COVID outbreak. This is back in uh, February, early February 2021. Uh, but the, we talked about the, uh, the story at the time in the Weekend Warrior show. And also his links to uh, uh, gain-of-function research and stuff like that. There's a lot of interesting things in this article. So they've done some good job of digging uh, for this. Uh, so check that out. But that's the uh, that's the main thing on that. Uh, okay, so I want to uh, quickly talk about a couple of more things here uh, before we move on. Actually, we can, talk, we can do this one first before we talk about the, the situation in Sweden here. Um, here is a 350-meter-long leash that some activists in Germany did out of all the people that have been victims of the open borders, the mass migration program uh, into Germany for, I, I'm not sure how many years they went back, uh, but they were out and uh, standing in, uh, where was it again they were? I forget where, what town they were in, but look at this footage here. It's a long string of cases, basically, individuals. I think it's just straight up articles that have been printed out uh, of all the victims that have been Maybe murdered, rape, uh, and stuff like that by non-Germans in Germany. We'll play a little bit from this here. Oh, that's right. They're at the Brandenburg Gate, of course, obviously. That's right, in Berlin, Brandenburg Gate. Sorry, it's kind of a bit too low. I can't hear what they're saying here, but uh, some good activism here. So they made like a 350-meter-long uh, leash uh, where they took all the articles, put them on, so that people can read and see. Hello, Thomas. So there you go. Good for them. I'm sure that we're. I'm sure that we're arrested for hate crimes later. That's uh, that's about what we have from the clip right there. It goes quite a while. I wish we, that we just walk all all the complete uh, leash, if you will. Uh, yeah, that the clip ends right there. But I just wanted to uh, show you that real quick. So good, good for them. Got to bring attention to this stuff. It's absolutely insane what's happening in Europe right now. Here's uh, another guy. Swedish man sentenced to six months in jail for basically sharing a couple of uh, edgy memes on uh, VK. And part of their claim was that he was uh, sympathizing with the Nordic resistance movement. And therefore, of course, it is what we call in Sweden, Hets mot folkgrupp, which means incitement against a ethnic group, basically. And so uh, the unknown man 
37 years old, were uh, sentenced to, oh, it was actually two months. I have it wrong in the uh, in the lower third right down there in the title. It's two months. Sorry about that. I have six months there. Uh, two months. I think it was one of the one of the judges uh, who are political, but one, there's three judges. Um, one is kind of a, an impartial, like a, a, an actual judge. Then it's one that's a part of the left-wing party and one from the Sweden Democrats. And uh, I think the the more the, the non-politically tied judge, uh, he, he thought it was too harsh and he didn't want to put him in jail for posing a couple of memes. And uh, the two women, uh, though, uh, they, they said, no, he should go to jail. Straight to jail. Okay, um, here we go. Uh, so the, let me, tra I'm, I'm kind of translating on the fly here. So there was a few images. Then the first image was of um, uh, Hitler in a uniform uh, with an arm, uh, you know, the, 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 the arm, uh, what do you call it again? <laughs> what's, what's the technical, what's it called in English again? You know what I'm talking about, the, 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 the arm uh, uh, band, right? What do you call it? Uh, and he said, happy birthday, Adolf Hitler, apparently. And then he said, uh, your name will one day get uh, like recognition or something like that, right? Um, another one was of a guy wearing a black clad. And he said, uh, under with the text, white revolution is the only solution. Uh, it was a couple of other ones. One was uh, a woman who was giving birth to a multiracial kid, some other stuff. But it was five memes, memes basically. And, uh, uh, and so these people found them offensive. So instead of, let's say then deleting them from the platform or something like that. No, they need to go after him because he traffics, as they said in the article, or these judges said, in uh, being part of the radical right-wing revolutionary uh, you know, environment in Sweden, basically. So let's let's put him in jail for a couple of memes. So we've talked about people like uh, um, Ricky Vaughn, for example, right, that have been uh, basically persecuted uh, because of one meme he put up where he, you know, they, they, they said it's a federal crime, ele election tampering. It did a meme of, of like, vote for Hillary, call this number kind of thing. So these things are not only happening uh, in America. They're happening in many European countries uh, as well. Uh, so uh, uh, crazy shit. Uh, no, no freedom of expression left and it's other people's emotions that are more important uh, than people being able to share whatever they want, they, uh, whatever the hell they want to share, including a meme. Uh, and that's VK2, by the way. Okay, last two, and then we'll wrap up here, guys. Um, here is uh, Mark Lamont Hill. He has a uh, show that he calls, what is it, Black News Tonight or something like that? B BNC, I forget what the exact word was. But he had uh, Rufo on, uh, Ruf Rufo, Christopher Rufo. We talked about him. He's kind of been a... Uh, he's been very good when it comes to speaking out against critical race theory. And of course, all of this should be framed in the sense that it's anti-white. That's the main issue, you know, in the sense of, of uh, uh, you know, exposing the critical race theory for being hateful and stuff like that, because it's teaching young white kids especially to hate themselves, right? But anyway, so he was interviewed by Mark Lamont about this. And one of the questions he had was, what do you like about being white? Uh, so I've actually not heard the whole clip before, so let's listen in and see what he says. Uh, the main guy I saw the tweet from here said, Rufo handled this the way he needed to. As the guy leading the anti-critical race theory movement, he played it smart. But if he'd been asking me the questions, I wouldn't hesitate in answering Western civilization. Anyway, let's see what Rufo said here. Um, if he kind of cocked or not, we'll, uh, we'll see. I'm listening to this first. For the first and if I were to say to you right now, Christopher, what do you like about being white? What would you say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, again, it's such an amorphous term. It's like a census term or a. a, but, a but can can, can you do me? Indulge term. me. Indulge me for one. 
it just we're running out of time. Indulge me for a minute. I understand you see it as as all these things, but you surely recognize that the world sees you as white. You know the world reads you as white. And if you were to ask me some things I like about being black, I could talk about cultural norms, I could talk about tradition, I could talk about the kind of commonalities I feel around the diaspora. If I were to ask you what, particularly if you're saying whiteness is a thing that is being constructed as negative and shouldn't be, name, name something positive that you like about being white. Well, sure, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll answer with a, with a, a thing. There uh, well, bringing, bringing the world, uh, all the advances that we've made, civilization, right? There's so many things you could say. Let's see what he, where he goes with this here, right? But uh, it's a, at, at least then, maybe someone like Mark Lamont is, is willing to... I, 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 could, I, I, could, I don't want to read too much into this here, but I, I feel that someone like Rufo is kind of like the, well, let's just not talk about that and let's just kind of go back. I, I'm all for treating people equally, don't get me wrong, but, but some of these kind of anti-CRT people, critical race theory people are like, no, 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 the race doesn't exist. We shouldn't talk about it kind of thing, while someone like Mark Lamont is, is probably very eager to talk about it. He does it, of course, because he wants to blame white uh, white people for everything, and he's very anti-white. Uh, but anyway, interesting dynamic. Let's see what else he says here. There, there's a lot of documents that are floating around public schools that say things like uh, timeliness, showing up on time, is a white supremacist value or a white value, white dominant value. Things like rationality, things like the enlightenment, things like, uh, you know, uh, uh, objectivity. And uh, these are very strange things to be ascribed to a racial identity. My view is that these are actually should be ascribed to every individual human being. Every individual human being, regardless of whatever racial category we impose on them, has but, the that doesn't answer the, of, that doesn't answer. But they don't want it seems like they don't want it then. That's one of the reasons why it's being dismissed and attacked as white supremacy, right? Because in reality, many of those uh, values uh, come from Western civilization, Western kind, right? European the European mind and, and how we like to do things so ironically maybe they're maybe they're right if they don't want it that i'm perfectly fine if they want none of this but if these groups are in our countries which are founded by and of and from these ideals shouldn't they apply to to them as well <laughs> you could have a separate society that lives like ah we don't care about clocks here we don't care about that. all that shit is white supremacy we don't be on time we're not you know, we, we, we don't think of it. We don't like working hard. We like other people uh, taking care of us and giving us shit, though. To the question, no. You, you're, you're, telling, you're, tell, you're, you're telling me you're making straw men about things that are ascribed to whiteness that you think are wrongfully ascribed to whiteness. I'm saying if whiteness isn't a negative thing and there's something that you actually and that whiteness actually shouldn't be constructed as all negative. Name something positive about being that you believe is positive about being white. Well, but he said some of those things the way that we've organized society, essentially. Right. That's what he's talking about. Um, he thinks being on time, working hard, and doing things that actually makes us a su successful society, uh, that's a good thing. Or uh, high trust, how about that? Orderliness or whatever. Remember, I think the, was it the, uh, was it the African American Museum? What is it called again? I forget the acronym stands for, and we've showed the, the image of that many times. That's what he's referring to. This crazy list of shit that they have of like, all the things that are wrong, uh, which they attribute to whiteness. Here, here's, here's a document as a reminder right at the end here. Uh, this has been going around like crazy, right? But let me zoom in here real quick. You, you guys have seen this, right? Uh, white culture. This is by a, a Katz, right? Remember this? Uh, assumption, aspects and assumptions of whiteness uh, and white culture in the United States individualism, family structure. That's right. All the, the commie stuff was like family. That's a white thing. That's bad. Uh, it takes a village, you know, that's what, what, what they want, right? History based on Northern European immigrants' experiences, Protestant work ethic, religion, status, power, and authority, 
aesthetics, time, right? You see this? Holidays, justice is a white thing, I guess. Based on English common law. Yeah, that's horrific. Yeah, just 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 those values, I guess, that ended slavery. How about that? Absolutely despicable. I can't be believe it. Competition, communication. Anyway, yeah, it's by Judith H. Katz, 1990s. That one that was done? Holy shit. Um, yeah, so you get it. This is what he's talking about here, that these things are ascribed to white culture, which I think is actually correct. I think it is, right? I think Rufo is arguing that it's not, but I think it is. I think, I think uh, Mark is correct in the sense here. They just see it as negative things, while people who are in the West, of the West, are grown up by these ideals because it's we who made them. Us, European man, came up with many of these concepts. Others have them, sure. Uh, but in many regards, they see it as wrong because like, all these colonialists brought the, brought these ideas to us. We didn't live this way. Anyway, let's rest of the clip here. Again, I, I don't buy into the framework that the world can be reduced into these metaphysical categories of whiteness and blackness. I think that's wrong. I think. But there are not meta. They're not metaphysical, though, or in that sense, right? I mean, they're based on something. They're based based on genetics, right? It's interesting because there's some. A Mark Lamont Hill is willing to recognize that while a Christopher Rufo, it sounds like, is not unless he knows about it, but tactically takes a road which he believes that he, it's less likely that he will be called a racist, right? That, that's that's basically what I'm seeing happening here, uh, which of course is is silly because you don't have to bow down to their way of looking at things. They don't set the rules. We do. They don't drive the narrative. They can call us racist all they want. The trick is not to give a shit, and it doesn't matter. We're standing up for ourselves and our own, and we look out for ourselves first. Doesn't mean we hate, want to kill, or murder, or be violent towards anybody, but we are looking out for ourselves first, and that's what every racial group does, and that's okay. And of course, you can find, you can find, you can find, with a DNA test, you can find what race you belong to, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. So I guess Christopher is is walking around on eggshells here. He doesn't. He, don't get me wrong. He does great work on exposing all the CRT bullshit and all the anti-white stuff, and he should continue with that. Uh, but it's nothing wrong with saying that uh, good traits that we have developed they came from us, and we're not metaphysical. We're we're an actual group, right? I think we should look at people as individuals. I think we should celebrate uh, different people's accomplishments. And uh, again, I think the idea you you mentioned Ignatiev. Ignatiev says the goal is to quote abolish the white race. Um, in any other context, this would be... So technically, he said abolish white... I, I, I've I've thought about this lately, but Noel Ignative, we played the clip many times, they are... It's a language thing, right? They're changing the definitions and the labels and the language. So as a way... Not everyone does that, though. Some just say, yes, white people are the problem. We need to eradicate them. But many of them, these guys he's talking about, are fleeing to the term whiteness. Um, someone like Bar Barbara Spector tweeted out, like, we need to end white people and stuff like that. So they just go full on out. But someone like Noel Ignatius said, no, 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 no. It's not about that. It's about whiteness. You see, it's not. But he also says you can't have whiteness without uh, white people, I, I believe, in that clip too, right? So, but it's a step in between that if the charge comes and says, this is incitement, you're, you're encouraging a, an extermination of a race or something like that. They say, whoa, 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 slow down. No, no, no I'm just talking about whiteness. And that's why, like, the, the whiteness that uh, non-white people have in their head has to be removed, you know, kind of thing. So it's uh, one of those definitions things. Like, it's like in the same way that they talk about gender as opposed to sex, right? They come up with a new term, a new idea, and then they're attacking that. We know what it means. We know what they want, of course, but it's a way kind of out of it. So 
Just as a technicality, though, they're more sophisticated, some of them, than that. And they just say, no, no, we're, we're just attacking a concept. We're not attacking white people. It, it, I saw it the other day, too. It's like, well, whiteness doesn't really exist, to try to say. Okay, well, then it's a definition thing. I'm perfectly fine calling it European, Western, whatever you want. We're, 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 at the end of the day, we're talking about the same thing, uh, it, it, as far as I'm concerned. But they are trying to say that it's a definition issue, right? Which is bullshit. Yeah, let me uh, go over to... Uh, uh, let me go over to um, Entropy real quick. I'm sorry I missed some of these. I want the uh, uh, the notification on screen, and sometimes it doesn't come up. Anyway, Wise Wildfire, we did that one. Thank you, Wise. Appreciate your support today. Uh, Ing Death, I think it is, uh, with a uh, uh, chat, says Odyssey chat is dying again. That's too bad. What's happening over there? Um, is all okay? Does it not work? Yeah, it looks like it's working. I think it's something else going on on Odyssey. You guys give me something in chat over on Odyssey. I think it should be fine. All right. Anyway, thank you, Death. I appreciate that. It looks like it's okay on my end. Uh, Wise Wildfire with a couple as well here. Uh, three. Thank you, Wise. I appreciate that. He says, people in China have been eating uh, all manners of bizarre critters for hundreds of years from wet markets. And now suddenly, hundreds of years later, Rona breaks out next door to a lab cooking up viruses. Exactly. It was a, it was a convenient excuse in the early days, right? It was a cover-up. Good point, Wise. I didn't bring that up, but thank you for mentioning that. Uh, Wise also says, it's not okay to be white, it's great. There you go. Thank you, Wise. And one more from Wise here. If you're not aware uh, of the ever-growing anti-white agenda, then you have not been paying attention. That's right. Absolutely, Wise. It is insane, and it has momentum. It is vicious. It is uh, ruthless in that sense, right? Thank you, Wise. I appreciate the support. Uh, let's go back to, is there any, a little bit more of the clip here, and then we'll uh, almost ready and wrap up here interpreted as a near genocidal slur. Uh, I don't buy into it. The reason I'm not going to answer your question is I reject that categorization. I think of myself as an individual human being uh, with my own capabilities, and I would hope that we could both judge each other as individuals uh, and uh, come to common values on that basis. Fair enough. I, I would argue, though, that the, the luck, that the ability to say, I don't see race, I don't Yeah, that that's racist in and of itself, right? So I get I get what's what Rufus is doing here. I get what he's doing, but the, this is this is what it's all about right here, right? We went through this in the latest Weekend Warrior show. Uh so check out that. It was a, a pretty important part I think of the show from the Economist, the Rothschild publication. White Americans are beginning to realize that to, that they too belong to a race. I, I don't necessarily like the term white and 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 it's being used by these kind of uh nefarious if you will. Source. I don't care. I mean, I don't mind it. I, I get. We all get what we what we what they mean, or what a white person is. They could be, even if there's a tiny little fraction that's in the gray zone. Oh, what is what anyway? Most people can see what a white person is when they look at them. This, it's bullshit. They, just because there's a small slice of something that falls in between, doesn't negate the whole black and white. Like if you have something on the gray scale, that doesn't mean the black and white doesn't exist. Literally, like the colors, right? Um, so that's kind of the argument they're trying to make. I prefer European. That, that's fine. Um, we're European people, Western people. It, it doesn't matter, right? But we be, we belong to race. But this is actually a very interesting article here. Now they're of course talking about it. How do we make sure that this that these white people, when they begin to identify with their race, with the group ethnic group that they belong to, how do we make sure that they're a submissive one, right? An anti-racist one. In other words, an anti-white one that they turn against themselves and they examine themselves from the point of view of race. And we want them to we want them kind of to notice race and, and to pay attention to it now. Rufo is Rufo is kind of he's kind of 
he's kind of 10 years too late, right? Remember there was a time when even the less I know race doesn't exist, you shouldn't talk about that, that's racist. They flipped on that now. Now they want everybody to notice. But white people technically cannot have an, a, a common identity. So I'm okay calling European instead of like saying whiteness, but we all know what they mean when they say it, right? So anyway, very interesting article. Check out the Weekend Warrior show. We went through this in more detail there. Uh, and, and there's kind of a awakening. And essentially, you can kind of equate, frankly, in, and they do it in the article too, when it comes to America, not just not, not just Europe too, because white people live in Europe too, right? So uh, they live in South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, uh, all kinds of manners of nations that we've created. But uh, they're trying to basically kind of equate that the, it's about 70 million people, right? So basically, it's the Trump voting um group essentially not 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 entirely but that's they're kind of recognizing that in the article and that of course is also why they've drummed this narrative what do we do about the 75 million people that voted for trump because they belong in the category that refuse to bow down to us and to our way of dealing with these pesky white people anyway anyway to uh, give a little more props to rufo here too though because he does do good work i'm not trying to just completely shit on the guy but um, he had some scoop out of Lockheed Martins, the nation's largest defense contractor, sent key executives a three-day white male re-education camp in order to deconstruct their white male culture and atone for their white male privilege. I've obtained internal documents that will shock you. And he has uh, some of that up on his uh, uh, Twitter here, so check that out too. Uh, we don't have time right at the end here, but uh, very interesting. Lockheed Martin's White Men's Caucus. Holy shit, can you imagine these space programs, right, when they're going to begin and they're going to replace all these white white men and white men are the problem and all this shit? Like, look at this. Holy crap. All right, we'll go through this in more detail at another time. Everywhere, every institution, every institution all over uh, is plagued by this just total insanity, right? Okay. It's actually one more clip I want to play. It's two minutes long. It's about our disruptive future the technological future that we're looking at let me just uh, take a couple of more chats here right at the end uh ing death said loving the show it's young uh, it's young death okay yeah ing death young death I, I got it uh thank you sir appreciate that or ma'am uh, I, I would assume sir but uh, appreciate that uh, a couple of forbidden symbols in the chat there too thank you sir appreciate uh, you joining us and everyone else over on entropy uh thank you for the support guys and i'm trying to keep an eye on the uh Trovo chat as well. Thank you to Bigot Smalls for the burrito. Brad C cast some, uh, as always, cast some spells. Thank you for that, Brad C. Uh, let me scroll back up. I want to at least see if I can do the big ones. I do apologize if I missed some of those. It's very hard. I wish they just had one place where you can see them all, kind of thing. Um, okay, some from um, William Shear. Appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, revolt against the modern world, I think it is, with some confetti. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. All right, so let's play this clip. Just keep in mind this. We've talked a lot about the supply chain shutdowns. We've talked a lot about the kind of crazy shit that's maybe being in the works here over the next couple of years, right? The Great Reset bringing us to absolute zero. We've covered this in many you know, many shows now of what they're seeking to do. Cyber polygon, colonial oil pipeline, food shortages, uh, inflation, a lot of these things, but <clears throat> it's an interesting thing. It's a two-edged sword when it comes to technology, right? Because we could descend into a nightmare when it comes to the technology. And then at the same time, the new disruptive technology could obviously also be used to be brought out when things in the future occurs that has 
gotten us to a point where we can longer can no longer produce certain things by conventional means, right? I saw people in chat earlier talking about like three D printers, for example, and things like this. Especially when maybe when it comes to the the field of defense and things like that, right? Uh, but check out this clip. It's kind of interesting. There's obviously, of course, the, 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 the nightmare scenario that's in the back of my mind when we talk about <clears throat> artificial intelligence and new ways of producing things, maybe even nanotechnology and stuff like that, Cy the kind of cyborg things, the computer brain interfaces and all that kind of stuff, right? But also keep in mind that any number of things could and probably will happen if we get truly a massive disruption of our supply chains and, and kind of a way of trying to get us to absolute zero and... and, and Resetting us, basically. Resetting civilization. Check out this clip. I find it interesting. Look at this here. We hear so much about the enormous promises of technology. And these promises are certainly real. But technology might also disrupt human society and the very meaning of human life in numerous ways. Ranging from the creation of a global useless class to the rise of data colonialism and of digital dictatorships. Now, this is the World Economic Forum, by the way. They, he, he just said the useless class, didn't he? Very interesting. Let's go back on that again. And the very meaning of human life in numerous ways, ranging from the creation of a global useless class to the rise of data colonialism and of digital dictatorships. Those who fail in the struggle against irrelevance would constitute a new useless class. And this useless class will be separated by an ever-growing gap from the ever more powerful elite. We are already in the midst of an AI arms race, with China and the USA leading the race, and most countries being left far, far behind. AI will likely create immense wealth in a few high-tech hubs, while other countries will either go bankrupt or will become exploited data colonies. Just think, what will happen to developing economies once it is cheaper to produce cars in California than in Mexico? Listen to that, though. I, th I find that very interesting, and it's a very good point. <clears throat> so let me, let me go back here real quick. We'll... Uh play the rest of the clip, but the reason we want to play that maybe maybe they are the useless class. You see what I'm saying? That, and again, you have to be very careful about technology. I'm not trying to say, yeah, let's merge with machines and we'll become this new thing and we'll, you know, they, they can't defeat, you know, whatever. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to say when you all of a sudden again can start producing things in our own countries again versus being re reliant on China like we, like we are now. And because of the coronavirus, because of these gay ops, everything's shut down, we can't get anything, there's shortage, farm equipment, and not, can't get their microchips in, and therefore we can't produce food, that's it, everything falls apart, we're back in Neolithic times, that's it, game over kind of thing. Civilization gone, let's start building it up again. Like we'll be back in, you know, pushing stones in place to find out where we are on the, uh, you know, on the, on the uh, <laughs> in the, in the galaxy again or, or whatever. Like what, what's, what time is it basically, right? We have to build a, a stone, a stone almanacs again. But I think it's an interesting point he mentions though. Always keep in mind that there are things and it's not, it's not written in stone. There's things that might come along or that what might we might we might invent or we build on someone else's discovery that that turns out to be 
solutions for problems that we have. Listen to that part again. Become exploited data colonies. Just think what will happen to developing economies once it is cheaper to produce cars in California than in Mexico. And what will happen to politics in your country in 20 years when somebody in San Francisco or in Beijing knows the entire medical and personal history of every politician and every journalist in your country, including all their sexual escapades, <laughs> all their mental weaknesses, well, and all thing. their corrupt dealings. Yeah. When you have enough data, you don't need to send soldiers in order to control a country. So interesting. Eh? <clears throat> Keep that in mind. There are always variables uh, that we might not be aware of. So keep that in mind. There might be things, technologies, whether it's 3D printing or whatever. Again, I would be very wary of implanting things into our body, but there's other ways that we have and we'll continue to use technology. And ultimately, much of it also comes from, uh, collectively speaking, from, from, from the Western mind, right? And of course, it's always a du dual-edged, double-edged swords. So we got to be careful, right? But uh, anyway... So just a little something at the end there to uh, to wrap things up. But we're going to be back, guys, uh, on... Well, I hope tomorrow I'm actually working on three of Lana's videos. I hope to have one of them finished by tomorrow so we can get something else up. I'm going to have Tim Murdoch on here soon, probably next Monday. I think we're booked that in. Uh, to talk about how they're pushing the UFO phenomena, it's very interesting how that has been. I mean, Tucker's kind of at the forefront of this, <clears throat> how it's being used. I think it could be used and the seeds are being planted now as a kind of a solution to our problems, potentially either as a unification effort, uh, but also potentially as uh, uh, as a way of putting demands on us, basically, right? And uh, why are they bringing it out now? So we'll talk. Tim has been watching this for <clears throat> a long time, many years. Uh, the signals, if you will, of the UFO field in the mainstream media, movies, all that kind of stuff, right? <clears throat> I was losing my voice, but so this is a good time to wrap up. But yeah, so that's coming. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, of course, we have Friday, uh, Flashback Friday, back as usual, and we'll try to be on time on Friday. Uh, so 6 p.m. Eastern, that's midnight Central European time. If you do want to check out RedIceMembers.com, head on over to SubscribeStar.com slash RedIce. That's one of the best ways to sign up. Either send us an email, RedIce at ProtoMail.com, or just send us a message on SubscribeStar and say, hey, I just signed up activate my membership. And if you don't have a membership, no problem. We'll hook you up with one. Just let us know what username and what uh, email you want with your accounts. But uh, again, that's not the only way. You can use Entropy Stream as well. You can use the Platinum option. They have subscription options there now if you want to have it month-to-month -month recurring, just like you do on Subscribestar. Uh, otherwise, of course, we have other options. The Cash app. We also have eCheck options or ACH for those of you in the U.S., all of this information, of course, is on RedEyesMembers.com. You can use crypto as well, virtually any cryptocurrency. If you don't say the address that you want to send to uh, with a uh, uh, token or cryptocurrency you want to use uh, on the member's website, just send us an email, RedEyesAtProtomail.com. Let us know what you want to pay with, and we can, for the uh, I think for the most part, provide you uh, with an address uh, for that. Otherwise, we do have an address as well uh, where you can say, send mail. Uh, to us if you want to and as always uh, thank you and a shout out to everyone uh, who do send us stuff uh, to our address uh, as well but yeah we'll be back with that hopefully i have the video lana's latest up by tomorrow i'm kind of at the uh, kind of midway point of the video it always takes a bit to uh, to edit them but uh, thank you guys check out redassmembers.com best way of supporting us check out that latest uh, member show we did too we can worry by the way a lot of good stories a lot of good stuff but uh, okay guys let me check we don't have anything else here i think we're clear on entropy thank you to everyone joining us over on entropy really appreciate that 
Always good to see you guys. Thank you so much. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you to everyone over on Trovo as well. A lemon line from Fancy Pants. Thank you. I guess we can mention the top three here uh, online on Trovo real quick. The uh, top online right now, we have Brad C, number one. Thank you. Pair number two. Pair H and Archie Bunker, number three. Thank you, guys. And the weekly rating over on Trovo is number one, Spiteful Mutants. Archie Bunker, number two. Thank you, Archie. Uh, and then we have Brad C., number three as well thank you so much guys do appreciate it all right let me find my outro here gotta have that otherwise uh, things fall apart right here at the end you know okay boys and girls thank you so much again really appreciate it have a great night wherever you are thank you for tuning in hail victory as i say we'll see you guys later see you guys friday or maybe tomorrow the last video take care Do you love red ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a red ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like red ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.